somebody fell on his yurt and crushed him and he was pinned for 12 hours. <gasps> they found him at 10 hours. That's true. He was under the tree for 12. He shot his best friend the day of graduation in the shoulder with a shotgun. That's the same the, guy? Same guy. Same brother? Oh my God. So essentially there is a version there. There was some, cause the, what really got so, oh man, I don't even know where to start. What a cock tease. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> 69. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like it's like, what is it? Mary Catherine Gallagher. That would always be like, Superstar. <laughs> I hear it in my head that way about like 69. <laughs> Every time we're able to bring something dirty into the mix. And we are live. Welcome to episode 69. Nobody's going to do it? I'll do it. <laughs> A long walk, short drink. Welcome, long walkers. This is Palmer podcasting to you live from Dayton, Ohio. And this is Dave talking to you from Northfield, Minnesota. And we are joined. Our live viewers will know. They can see her, but... Uh, who else you got there? Yeah, joining us is my beautiful wife, Ash. Welcome, Ash. Hello. Good and evening. Mika. Hi. Goddamn cat. We couldn't record without cat. the cat being in the room with us. <laughs> it's because nobody else likes her in the family. We're the only one that likes her. That's true. No, it was either let her in the room or <clears throat> listen to her scratch at the door and tear up our carpet. And tear up our carpet. Oh, we're, oh, no, we're not getting our security deposit back. It's okay. <laughs> I still think we have a chance. There's no chance. He thinks I'm crazy. No chance. I think there's a chance. Um, yeah. So. So here we are. Um, there's a lot going on in the media of our lives, but this is an episode that we had uh, talked about. We had set in stone last episode, um, which is why Ash is joining us because this is kind of a follow up to one of. My favorite episodes, I'm pretty confident it's one of Dave's favorite episodes, uh, when Ash just came and blew us away with all of her research that she did for, um, oh man, Sexy Back, yep. Yeah, that music played in my head. What's up, Moto? Moto, Moto. Hi, Moto. <laughs> um, but uh, this is a f kind of a follow-up because Ash is here to talk to us. We are talking about uh, the new Jordan Peele uh, horror it's not a horror. Uh, nope. It, the new Jordan Peele film. I'm not. No, no. The new Jordan Peele film. Uh, us, scary movie. It's a scary movie. And the reboot. Uh, the needless reboot of a great, amazing cult classic. Oh, Pet Cemetery. Um, yes. Seriously, like go watch the original. Then go watch the documentary about the making of the original. And then I haven't yet to listen to them. But 
according to Dave, listen to all the commentaries for that said documentary. Oh my, yeah. As that well. I, oh, maybe it does have more than one. If you're interested in documentaries. <laughs> yeah, but uh, shit. So that's long story short. Too late. That's the name of the show. Uh, we are going to talk about us and the 2019 Pet Cemetery today. Yes. And Ash is joining us for our conversation on us, and then she'll dip out because we have house guests coming tomorrow. My younger brother and his two children are going to come and visit us. Oh, fun. Where from? They are driving down from Vermont. Ooh. They started their trek this morning. Anthony, when I we spoke with him, was outside of Buffalo. Uh, his boys are four and five. Something like that. Or five and six. Like, they're young. And, um, um, and we've not really had the chance to interact with them, just them and just us. There's always been, like, a shit ton of other kids around. So yeah. this will be the first time that they'll be in our house, like on our turf. Yeah. And my brother told me today that he doesn't isn't really comfortable with dogs. So he's like, so oh, I'm yeah. gonna keep my I'm gonna keep my sons away from him. And because we're both like, well, if Tanks doesn't want to be around you, Tank will just not be around. Something you. happened the one time they were here for the wedding that Anthony did not I think, like. Yeah, I think Tank got shitty with somebody. I don't remember who, yeah. but Anthony so. just was very cautious about it. But he mm. was like. I think I'm just going to take it easy with Tank and like I'll get to know him on my own time and I'll do the <laughs> that, same with the boys fine. and that's totally fine. Yeah. Like it'll be it'll be a good visit. But they're going to be here. They'll get here Thursday afternoon. They're going to stop somewhere tonight and sleep probably right now. Then they'll get up in the morning and make the rest of the drive and be with us for Thursday evening. This is the blacksmith brother, the blacksmithing right. brother. All day uh, Friday. Oh, cool. Yeah. Farrier, and the then, one who was pinned by the tree for like 12 hours. I yeah, tell you that he's story. The one what? Under the tree. I didn't tell you that Wait, story. His yurt, a tree fell on his yurt and crushed him, and he was pinned for 12 huh. hours. Oh, my before someone, God. Before he, they found him. and, and uh, Wait, no. They found him at 10 hours. That's true. He was under the tree for 12 it took Jeez. two hours after they found him to get out. And he says that that two hours was longer than the 10 hours leading up to them finding him. Oh, my God. Is he? He had, uh, like, he walked away uh, from that accident. With I would show you a picture, but it would give you nightmares because you have body horror stuff. Absolutely but he like nothing wrong with him, with the exception. And this is a very big exception. His legs were completely like immobile for the full amount of time. So your tissue and muscle starts to deteriorate. It had atrophy. Right it got at, he got atrophy, oh, and because um, there so was no circulation, to, there was no circulation. They had to like they had to just keep like cutting out stuff from his leg, like dead tissue from his leg, to oh. where there was like hardly anything left from his leg, basically. Oh, and so muscle wise, he was in the hospital for a, a long month, time, maybe a month. He came into the hospital and they said, Mr. Kessler, we need to amputate your legs. And he was like, oh, he was one like, leg. Get one leg. It was one leg. You're right. It was one leg. Get away from me. He's like, you're not touching my legs. And they're like, no, really? Like, <laughs> I'm not making light of that, that it's just one leg. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I think goal. the choice between both yeah. legs and one leg, it's I would, I would choose difference. to just lose one leg. It's a big difference. Uh, so long story short, he was like, give me some time. Don't amputate right now. And they kept him in the hospital for the whole time. When they discharged him, they told him he was probably going to have it am amputated within a year. Then when he came back the following year, he was back to being a farrier. He had been medically cleared to go back to work. 
as a blacksmith yeah. and was like walking without a cane. He just didn't give wow. up on it. I, I mean, he's he a, still he's a, has he's a hard issues ass and he's a, he's a, he's a very determined person. So here's a good, a good story about Anthony. He's going to live with pain for the rest of his life though. Yes, he, like for the rest of his life, like random nerve pain that just like shoots up his leg because they, they screwed so much up cutting out like the dead tissue, like that those, these nerves just like randomly fire where his leg oh, just like wow. locks up. It's really, it's, Holy shit. it's painful to watch. I can't imagine experiencing it, but it's painful yeah. to watch him go through when the, when it flares up like that. But I was going to say Anthony's determination and like he yeah. set his mind to this, this is not going to be the, it for me. I'm going to recover from this. I'm going to, I'm going to like, she wants out. What? Fucking and now cat. she wants out. Ridiculous. Anyway. Uh, my mom said, oh, when your Uncle Steve was a kid, he wanted to teach himself how to jump vertically up and land inside a 50-gallon drum. And oh. somebody at school told him he couldn't do it. And my Uncle Steve was like, watch me. And he taught himself how to do it. Anthony heard that story and then went and taught himself how to jump into a 50-gallon, like standing next to it, jump vertically into the 50-gallon yeah. bucket. He had a football Holy scholarship. Shit. He had two football scholarships. Oh, do we want to crack it open? Yeah. All right. This You're like an Italian mother. Incredible. Yeah. I, know I am. Jeez, you're just like bragging on my brothers. Like... Yeah. <laughs> no, I just wanted to be that scene in Goodfellas with, with Martin Scorsese's mom. She's like, "What's wrong with you? You're always talking." Oh, yeah. oh, the, oh, this sauce is so good, Mom. This sauce. <laughs> like Look that at that painting. painting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like you guys, one guy, one dog looks this way, one dog looks the other way, and then the guy in the middle, he's like, "What do you want from me?" <laughs> oh, that's so Italian! Uh, I'm glad you guys are. I'm glad oh, you guys think for those funny. stories. Yeah. God, that's a hell of a lead him. He shot his best friend the day of graduation in the shoulder with a shotgun. That's the, the same guy. Same guy. Same brother. Your brother oh my it god! It's gonna be a fun visit for sure. Yeah, yeah same it's guy. Be a fun visit. De wow. Your definition of fun might And be I met that guy. Numbers, but, like, you know. flash forward in the future, I met that guy. That he shot? Recently. <laughs> a couple years, yeah. And, and he, like, told the story. Like, he had a football scholarship, too, in the day of graduation, high school graduation. They were going hunting. Oh, my God. And they're still good friends. They sat and, and caught up for hours. Yeah. Here. Right. Uh, we're drinking Strawberry Pig. It's a more lean beer. It's a Cincinnati beer. That looks more very line. exciting. Yeah. More, uh, more lean. What, what kind was it? A more line beer? More line, yeah. It's uh, a brewery. More line, line like a brewery. brew house Christian is more like a. So, um, okay. so it's that was a brewery in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, I know they do Hootapole, right? Like, or did Not they sure. buy the Hoot the Hootapole brand? I, I think so. From another Cincinnati brewer, but like. If you go to the brewer, the brew house that's attached to the Red Stadium, it's the Marline Brew House, where oh. like you can get, you can sit at a table that has four taps at the table. Holy shit! <laughs> with four different <laughs> kinds of their beer at the taps, if you want them. Wow! How do they monitor? Uh, keep track of like how? Do I don't know. Uh, they Whoa. there's something because we've been to a buddy of ours works at one of them. A buddy. Well, of yeah, but that one's different. Where like you pay by the ounce. Yeah, but you I'm get this little like, like, like a chip, chip in thing. Your glass. If you had a chip in your glass and you could set it on the thing, or maybe you like buzz a key fob and that keeps know. track of how much you spend. 
per mm. the weight of the amount of liquid you get. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. What? All right. Well, let's say they do it. We're and I got a, I was in, oh. in honor of episode 69. I have so very few like actual <laughs> things to throw at this top or number. Uh, I got another uh, big wood, morning wood <laughs> coffee oh, stout. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, snoogans. That's great. <laughs> All right. On, oh shit. Oh, shit. On Crack three. Him if you got him. And three. Oh, oh man. awesome. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that big wood got a mess everywhere. Just yeah. Oh, it is once again. <laughs> I think this happened last time. It's oh, like shit. all head poured and it sprayed everywhere. Yeah, oh. I think they do it intentionally so that people have to use these phrases in connection. <laughs> it's like a Pepsi can down here, just like my buddy. That's a tenacious D quote. Yeah. <laughs> That's a deep cut because you have to like have been to a concert or own that DVD that had that video on it. Yeah, that's the same one that has where the the performance where they come out singing Flash, right? Yeah. Flash! Ah! And they get pissed at Jerry, the roadie later. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry, every time Jerry fucks up! <laughs> so, in, at the stage show, uh, KG asked Jack Black for some money because he doesn't have any. And so then later in the show, when they do their intermission, they play this video where Cage puts on these mirrored sunglasses to go incognito. And Jack Black puts on mirrored sunglasses to go incognito. And Jack Black decides he wants to make some money, so he's going to turn tricks and Cage picks him up, and neither of them recognize each other because they're incognito. And so he's like, "What's on the menu tonight?" And he's like, "He's like, HJ five dollars, uh, BJ ten dollars." And he like goes through all these like abbreviations, and he's like, "How's the BJ tonight?" He's like, "It's excellent." <laughs> he's, he's like he's like i'll have that and so he's like okay i know this place right up here so they go to this parking garage and kyle like unzips and jack goes to go down on him and he's like he's like oh man it's like a pepsi can down here it's just like my buddy still not recognizing each other for the sketch and he ends up blowing him and like sprays <laughs> This is so terrible. This sprays is terrible. Like, sprays hand lotion everywhere, like all over the place. That's supposed to be his cum. And then like, and then Jack gets up and he wipes off his mouth and he takes off his sunglasses. And Kyle's like, Jack. <sighs> and then Kyle takes off his glasses. And Jack's like, Kyle, because he says it like that. And Kyle looks at him and he's like, you don't have any money. <laughs> and it's all a setup for... it's such I a, forgot that It's part. such a long con It's so great uh, So now If you went to the stage show Own that DVD or listened to episode 69 of Long Long Short Drink You know You would get that joke that I just told 20 minutes ago before I told the whole story That explained the joke <laughs> I was in for it. Yeah. Well done. So. <laughs> Dave followed every word. Yeah. That's, I forgot the punchline. That's how too. you know the two of you. No, I things. love it. I, I just, I love it. It got me so good the first time I saw that when we saw it. Cause I saw, we saw him like three times in concert and they did it two of the three times. And man, the first time it, it got me so good. I, I almost pissed myself. I was laughing so hard. Like it was like, <laughs> you don't have any money. 
<laughs> he says it like Jack Black. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh shit. I bet we can find that on YouTube. We'll tweet that out until it gets taken down. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> it's an intent. I mean, I mean, if you're intrigued after hearing that, it's yeah. worth seeing. But if you're squeamish, it's uh, if you it's heard a all that, much. and you'd like to hear more, it, it's one of those things where it's like so comically. I mean, it's so obviously that this is. I mean, a phrase I thought I would never say, let alone on the air. It's so obviously not come. <laughs> That you then can laugh at it. Like, it's just... Okay. Like, <laughs> it's just so ludicrous. Everything about it is so ludicrous that you just... You you forgo all those other things and just laugh your ass off at, like, two amazing performers just being... ridiculous. Ridiculous. So ridiculous. Like... Emphasis on dick. Yeah! <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Good one. Got it. Dial it up well for this done. one. Yeah. You only get one episode 69. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, shit. Sorry, Ash. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. I'm laughing at Moto's comments. I like so, <laughs> um, Dave Sexual Innuendo Hour. All right. I'm in. Uh, I am game. Um, so, listen, you got any, any, First off, I haven't. You got. He's got to save the spoilers. I have not started the second season of Cobra Kai yet. So. Oh yes, yes. I uh, spoilers. Um, it's on I, the short list. It is on the short list. We are thinking possibly Sunday. We might binge it. Um, fun. We were we did we want to try that for episode seventy even? Or, yeah, I think we could. Um, uh, yeah, because I. I believe Moto's in, and uh, he's the only one of us that really digs it, to my knowledge. That, yeah. that or, or that I know he really likes it, and I know he's seen it. Oh, Ooh, he called it better than better season than one. Oh, shit. That is a bold statement. Bold, bold. Statement. No, seriously, season one was amazing. Yeah, how is it better? I can't even imagine how great this is going to be. Oh, <laughs> That's <boy>. Awesome. <laughs> I have this started watching. So I don't want to say too much about it. Obviously, did I was going to say it, some Moto? Nuts, Like, are you all done with it? Did you binge the whole thing? I think he did. It takes it. I don't know why. Oh my gosh, man, yeah, that's awesome. Still... What dedication, though. Well, well, that's what we're are aiming to do. If we if we are able to do it on Sunday, we're yeah. Hopeful, well, we hopefully... binged the first season all in one day. Yeah. I don't remember what that what happened that day. I think cake was involved. <laughs> oh. Oh, nice. second time around with notes. Whoa. He is ready for you guys to tackle this. Oh, my gosh. When that warms up a little bit, you can really get the strawberry banana. Strawberry, yeah. Yeah. This is strawberry banana ale, and it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never, I've never caught into fruity beers for some reason. I am a huge I think that fan sounds, of those shandies. That sounds like insulting. I don't. I mean, fruity like like an actual fruit like flavor. Fruit. Yeah, fruity. no, I totally get Literally it. Fruity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not even much for the wheat ales that you're supposed to have. Orange if with. you see <laughs> out there, though, well, you're not supposed to have them. Why? What me? Yeah, the wheat beers. What do you say about wheat beers? Oh no, I can have them. I'm just not crazy about them. Oh, bro, man in the house. Oh. Broadman, you seriously have to check it out. It is, especially if you're any, even a remotest little fan of the original. You only even have to see the first Karate Kid 
honestly to get into Cobra Kai. It, it doesn't. Yeah. There yeah. are allusions to the other two, but if if you want to just dive in and do a refresher with the first Karate Kid, in case you weren't a huge fan. But if you were a huge fan, then I say just go for it because you will love Cobra Kai. It's amazing. <laughs> One of my favorite throw callbacks to the the other movies is is in the first season where they say. I, not to give anything away, I guess, to Broadman, but like Johnny Lawrence is talking to the, the the council about like why Cobra Kai had been kicked out of the the yeah. tournament league or whatever, and like the actions of Terry Silva. He's like, I don't even know who that is because <laughs> he wouldn't because <laughs> no. he wasn't around for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk about it on on seventy. Um, yeah, let's just put a we'll, we'll just that'll just be our general focus. But again, the shout out to all the other cast members. Um, please yeah, come join us. We would love to get an update. So, yeah, we'll have to reach out to Twinkie and see. I know his schedule is a little weird. So yeah, I know. I may not work out for us, but well, and plus he starts at five a.m. that day. Uh, oh, doing God. Rocky Mountain AM, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. I I was looking. I he might have been off a few weeks or something, but uh, yeah, yeah. I keep having meetings. I have the I have a standing nine o'clock meeting. I have an eight thirty meeting and then a nine o'clock meeting. So what I need to do is when I get into work, just listen for that hour before my eight thirty meeting every Wednesday, and then I can get some time in on that show. So. Yeah, my favorite is when he's just talking about, like, I mean, he plays the games, but I, I he has these other little set. He actually does a Twinkies take sometimes. It's not the same as, as he has done it on our show. Yeah. But that's what I like most. It's just fun to be able to see your buddy on the internet. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, so how how are you both uh, doing? I'm trying to remember the last time uh, Ash joined us. I feel always oh, for... Uh, Black Klansman and Quiet Place. A lot of times we'll get oh, yeah. get you on for these oh, yeah. horror movies because you're notoriously way, uh, way, way outside. I, I yeah, finally outside of my comfort zone. I finally said to her, I was like, I wonder how many of these scary movies that you see that I convince you to see and that you love before you're like, huh? I kind of like scary movies. Like I'm just waiting for that <laughs> epiphany to happen because. I, I mean, of course, you have to be picky with any. I think with it, with any genre, like you, there's there's potential to be more that you don't like than the than you do. That is right? true. I will agree with that. Um, so, if, if you can just be a little picky and find those like niche things that you like, like she likes good suspenseful stuff, that's not too gory, right? Actually, as uh, I'm looking at the IMDb listing for the movie Us. It lists it as a horror comma thriller, and you were resistant, yeah. Palmer, to the idea yeah. of a horror label early on. So in some ways, it's a suspense movie. <laughs> I don't know. It was, yeah. it, was a, it was a thriller for me. It was a thriller for me, but I think I was able to suspend a little bit more belief on this one. Like it was, I found it easier to just kind of like relax and go with the flow and not get so hung up on little bits of the story and get myself super scared. About yeah. Anything. I don't know. It, just like, I just like rolled with the story. I felt like on this. Well, one. first off I figured, I know everybody wants but, to say this, but this legit yeah. happened. I figured it out way early. <laughs> like the, t- the twist. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously for anyone listening, we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie. Oh yeah. And, and, so, and possibly shit on it. <laughs> and probably like, shit on it. <laughs> 
really? Uh, yeah. I, well, I, I didn't know Dave agreed with you. I, I, he might not. Well, I haven't, I haven't given it too terribly much thought. I was, okay. I was saving it for this. Um, I, what's funny? Uh, I remember. Um, I'm a little surprised that you're here joining us, Ash, because one of the first things I remember hearing or talking about with Palmer in regards to this movie was that one day, <laughs> this is how he told it to me, you said kind of out of nowhere, like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to see the movie This Is Us, or, or this, I keep wanting to say This Is Us, because <laughs> yeah. I like to watch that TV show. <laughs> yeah. The movie Us. Anyway, yeah. so I fucked up that little joke, but That's funny. but yeah. you were initially just like no, no, yeah. no. Actually, the bride too, who has she's not interested in horror movies as a general rule, but she's she's not one to say like oh I don't want to see that it looks too scary, and we saw the preview for this, and she's just like absolutely not. Well, it's <laughs> first. So this brings me to my first complaint about this movie is first off it was marketed as a home invasion movie. Oh yeah, like, yeah, like the strangers which. If you're oh, gonna do a, yeah, and if you're gonna do a home invasion movie, like like that is, in my opinion, I think that is the gold standard of like it. That is such a combination of brutal, like gruesome horror with suspense horror with traumatic horror. Like, yeah, that movie is terrifying. It really is. <laughs> but the trailers really just show the first act real like the climax of the first act uh and that's what they focus on it makes it look like these things follow the, these copies of themselves follow them home and it takes time for them to realize they're copies of them like that's what the trailers make it look like so for it just looked like a totally different movie first mm -hmm. off yeah i would agree than what you were given in, in the yeah. trailers the one uh, sentence IMDb thing is a family serene beach vacation turns to chaos when their doppelgangers appear and begin to terrorize them. Yeah. Uh, which that sounds like about right. Ash, how did you go from that initial reaction of like, no, no, no. Or, or, it wasn't even, it was thoughtful to where like you brought it up as evidently out of nowhere yeah. to say like, eh, I'm not I had seen <laughs> the trailer and I had seen, I had read something more about it. And I saw, I think I saw something even from Jordan Peele where he was like, there is no hidden meaning. The movie is the movie is the movie. Like it's just very straightforward. It's a scary movie. And I was like, you know what? This is more focused on just being scared and being a scary movie. And I'm not really interested in seeing that. And then I guess it, I mean, I don't know that we even continued talking about it as much. As I feel like I just kind of sidelined you with it where I was like, hey, do you want to go see us with me to, on this day? Well, and I had been thinking about it because I had been um, I had been I had seen it a couple of times. Somewhere I'll do. I, I mean, sometimes I, Whatever. I, both of us, yeah. this works with and it's not like it's a tactic to get our way. It's like we can't just give an immediate answer like we have to mull it over. Like we have, like right. we don't like to be hasty on, uh, especially if it takes us out of our comfort zone. And so we're really good about like recognizing that in each other and giving each other the space to let that happen, and then coming back to it. So like, it, uh, you know, she was like, "I'm not. I don't think I'm going to see us." And then I was realizing I need to get these two movies seen before we get watch before we record the next episode. And I'm like, man, I really don't want to go. Like, I don't, I, I do not mind going to the movies by myself. Like that does not bother me at all. But, it, but part of it, it was more of, I don't want to give up four hours of not hanging out with Ash. So 
hey, do you like I need to go see these movies for the podcast? Like, do you want to go see us with me on discount day? And she was just like, yeah, that sounds great. And it was as simple as that. Like, there was no wow. like hesitation or. I, I guess I had just been more been aware of it or continued to be aware of it. And then we had had a couple conversations in passing, maybe just about it as in general, about how scary it might be. And okay. yeah, I don't know. You can turn this on. Oh, thanks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know what made me say that I wanted to see it, but like, I think. So, so Palmer has a perspective of like, yeah, it's a scary movie. You can be scared while you're watching the movie, but then once it's over, it's over. There's no sense in being scared of it. It's a movie and it's done. Why are you still scared? Like, be scared while you're watching it. Yes, absolutely. Your heart, your heart pulses and your blood pressure raises and like, and you get goosebumps. And that's what it's supposed to like, do. That's what it's supposed to do. And then when it's over, it's over because it's a movie. And it's like, like a roller that, coaster. Yeah. And that perspective is not one that I, not one that has been actively presented to me, I guess is a way to say it. Like that was something that would, we would hear if we got really scared by a movie or if there was a movie that was like stuck in our subconscious and we couldn't get out of our heads. Like we would be reminded, well, it's just a movie. Like when the movie's done, you like it, it, the movie's done. It's just a movie. Yeah. It's not real. And like, that's how it was presented to us. But the way that you've always talked about it just is a very logical level-headed way of thinking of things, which shocker is usually how this conversation goes, whatever we're talking about. Uh, cause and I'm so, cause what? I'm boring and logical. Cause you're boring and logical. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think that has sunk in a lot, a bit in our almost six years together. And, uh, so I, I also like, the at the same time too I'm not going to be like so devil's rejects like you mean like <laughs> you know what I mean like yes I'm not going to be like babe cannibal holocaust is seriously I can't believe you made it this far in life without seeing them like <laughs> slaughter that turtle and eat it like savages like I mean have you seen cannibal holocaust I haven't no oh god just skip it it's terrible <laughs> okay <laughs> it, it, it was one of those fa- it was uh it's considered one of the first found footage movies and the guy oh. who made it was so hard hardcore that like he was on trial he had to bring the people in that were in the movie to prove that they had not died oh wow like <clears throat> whoa yeah that's intense <laughs> that is intense so and it's Oh, it's fucking horrific. Anyway, it is just horrific, like god awful horrific. See that movie. <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't I wouldn't steer her down that path too. Like I I I am totally okay being the buffer between like the ho- the horror movies that she watches. I don't yeah. I don't mind doing that. I don't mind seeing it even if it's something new like watching it first and being cuz she's even to the point now where she's like, "Do you think I could handle that?" Like she'll she'll just ask now. And, um, and I don't want, I definitely don't want to corrupt or betray that trust. So I will be as honest as I can with it. Um, and I will say too, that I, I figured out my experience with get out was to read the synopsis before the movie to understand what was going to happen. And then after the movie to read everything else. And you both know, I came to the podcast ready to talk. Cause there was a lot yeah. on get out. 
I did kind of the same thing for us, sort of half, I guess half of it, um, because I all I read was the IMDb page and um, the Wikipedia page before the movie. And it more talked about the process that Jordan Peele followed with the actors yeah. than about the movie itself, because that's part of, I think, our complaint. I won't speak for you, but I know this is something that I voiced, is that it's kind of like a very linear plot that is like very straightforward and like you said easy to crack and not as like it didn't well no i think the twist i think that um i think that it was a good twist it was just um yeah it was a good twist i agree uh i don't know i i think that was a fluke that i figured out the twist i think i had just as much of a chance of love not of being surprised by it as i figured it out my biggest complaint, and this is going to be my complaint for both of these movies, the, the well, the biggest one for both of them, is that I did not care about any of the characters. I thought that same thing today. That was I was trying to think about what I remembered of us, and I, I that's probably one of the only completely like cogent thoughts that came into my head. Yeah, I was like, what's the difference? And I have. There's a guy that works where I do. Uh, I'm trying to think like how to not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how old he is. He might. He I feel like he's probably do. our age. Yeah, it, but he works like with students a lot in uh-huh. the kind of. I think it's fine. He works in like an equipment checkout center type thing. Okay. So like you know sometimes I'll liken what I do to the WCTV days of yeah, cable access. Yeah, yeah. But I'm no longer involved in like giving people equipment (laughs) so this this gentleman is he's probably our age-ish i think but he's much more well i don't know him super well he's kind of hipstery looking and he loves to like talk film theory with like these college students i hear it often one time i came up to the thing to get some of my gear and i heard him talking actually about swiss army man to the to the um young lady work in the front desk he is he needs to be a subscriber you need to get this guy subscribed (laughs) i I just been he was like trying to talk to her about like you know certain movies about young uh, or about like male something and she was just like and i just laughed out loud i was like oh man i'm sure emily's like super interested in the problems of of men and she's like she was so livid at this guy she's like i don't want to hear it i don't care about this uh, but he was like he's one of those guys that like he just kept on like trying to like make his opinion and i left i was like have fun with this (laughs) but um but it's kind of interesting because he gets passionate about this stuff i noticed and i happened to be on like a little on a bus with him and a few other colleagues and somehow the movie us came up and he laid this like whole theory out and he's like i think it's better than get out and it's like basically i'm trying to remember what he said i mean i could get into it later i guess it's best i remember but and i was thinking about that and i was like well maybe i didn't well get... no i want to hear the theory now you can't just, oh like, sure i'll, I'll, what I'll a try cock tease sorry yeah <laughs> 69 <laughs> uh, <laughs> i feel like it's like what is it mary Catherine gallagher that would always be like superstar <laughs> i heard it in my head that way about like 69 <laughs> every time we're able to bring something dirty into the mix so he was saying something of these like he felt the symbolism was there but much more subtle like ash i'd heard um i'd also heard that 
I heard that. Th- maybe you told me. I think that that Jordan Peele was insisting that it was just a movie. There's no social underpinning. Yeah. Which of course, when he was like he was arguing know, touring, with Twitter about it, like like the, guys, relax. Yeah. It's just a movie. There's yeah. nothing. There's no hidden agenda. Yeah. That's not true. <laughs> I don't think. No, I don't think. I mean, based on this guy's theory alone, but also just coming from the same guy that made Get Out, maybe he just didn't feel like getting into all that. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Well, but I doubt that that's true. Um, right. You know, I mean, someone who puts that much forethought into every element of it is not. Yeah. You is you can't not be sane. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, hit, hit us with the cliff notes of this theory. I'll try. So I think the basic theory he's like you. You get introduced to what, what the what the sort of analogy of the movie is in the very beginning. Which I, this I meant to look into. Is there a Hands Across America commercial on that TV? It's zooming into. Um, I'm trying to I think, and then um, she gets the Hands Across America T-shirt, like, or, or she's okay. wearing it before her dad wins the Thriller T-shirt, because that's oh yes, right. So I meant so she's to, wearing I meant to a look. Hands Across America T-shirt, which is yes. what's in the shrine at the end of the movie. It's that T-shirt with the. In hindsight, it's a map of her plan where it shows them extending the line across America. Yeah, as you know, the the red the red robes or whatever they are, like yeah, the that's a good tethered. term. Yeah, the tethered, the tethered, oh, the tethered. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, well, I meant to look up. That's what they refer America. to themselves yeah, as is. is the tethered. So, but it, it, like at the end when it zooms out and it shows her area that t-shirt is pinned up on the wall and then she has those paper figures in red which is supposed to be them extending because it's those pictures on the shirt and then they extend out beyond that shirt like out onto the wall and okay so anyways hands across i was but I was trying to. Do you remember? I, I was going to look into what that organization was because the guy. I looked this her, up on. Uh, I um. So I looked this. Uh, well, I already did it. Yeah. Uh, I, I so it was basically um, in the it got it was one of those charities that got a lot of hype in the eighties, like Farm Aid and Live Aid and all those, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So this charity was basically where you would commit to donate $10 and that would secure your spot in the line of people. And the goal was to literally do a human chain across America from the coast of New York to the coast of California. And you, and the goal was to raise like a hundred million dollars or something like that. And they were going to televise the whole event and everything. And they ended up, it ended up being a huge failure um, Six oh. and a half million people. Yeah, they they and ended up only raising like fifteen million, and that didn't even cover the cost to televise the whole and organize oh, the whole. Event. So, um, what was what was the money meant to go to? Uh, hung- homelessness, homelessness. Okay. and the hungry of Africa, I believe. Okay, that's right. And so I that was this guy's. Um, I mean, and he felt he, he was like. Everyone is stupid who didn't see this is in oh, terms of so like, apparently I'm already an idiot. You know what? Fuck that guy. Don't let him subscribe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he yeah, already was, kind of... was not allowed to subscribe because for being a, a, you know, a chauvinistic tool, which I, <laughs> and coming from a chauvinistic tool, that's saying something. Yeah. We can smell our own. Yeah. But <laughs> it was, uh, and, but, but yeah, again, I, that was you already are calling me an idiot with your theory. <laughs> like I, we're done. We don't even- uh, like we're done. Uh, All right. <laughs> we're done. Yeah. 
<laughs> he was i don't know he was i don't know who he was sort of railing against like he was, no, i was just, just like all right i'll i'll bite i'll listen einstein's fucking film theory and let's hear how it changes my right, view yeah. on us and if well, it does, he was basically oh no well i don't know he's basically just saying that, like in those opening shots where it shows the i guess i'm guessing it's a commercial on the television screen of hands across america and all the hands across america stuff uh it's meant to sort of say like this are turned a blind eye to the homeless the people that the the sort of mirror image the tether versions of them that live oh, underground are, oh, are the homeless this i'm going to tell you right now this is not this guy's theory and i'm, I'm gonna, sure I'm gonna, not, so no. that's first one, Second <laughs> that's one is, he's calling people who didn't figure this out an idiot because it hit him that fucking hard when he saw the theory and he was like <laughs> i'm a fucking idiot i didn't see that so i guarantee you both of those fucking things right now i can't remember if he was I calling people idiots at but... least five articles in my short little amount of 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 that all said that same thing that the the hidden message if there is going to be one of us it is the cost of a, an entire class of people for another's comfort so mm. how we can all live our comfortable lives while there is literally an entire population of people starving homeless needing medical and mental services that could easily be provided if we were willing to help them and yeah that is everybody knows that that yeah that theory. yeah well yeah. and i didn't like i hadn't the bride and i saw it we both walked out and we're kind of we don't really tend to like discuss the movies for some reason um but we basically just said we both had hoped to like it more than we did yeah <laughs> that was kind of it um so i hadn't thought about it any more than that until i heard this guy's theory and i was like and you know he's talking none, nobody really wanted to engage him too much yeah I think. and i was just like all right you really turned me around on this was like you know i i hadn't given it much thought and then i hadn't heard that theory and i was like oh that's kind of interesting but i was so grateful that there was yeah. that thing at the end the twist at the end that yeah. spoilers reveals that the lapita oh man i can't say her last name lapita nyango that her she had basically swapped oh, places yeah uh, um yeah the i was so glad that there was thing, like a payoff like, so essentially there is a version there there was some because what really got so oh man i don't even know where to start <laughs> no, <laughs> I totally get the that that's the hidden meaning. That I'm sold on that. I was sold on that when I read it in five different articles. I what what really bothers me is both of these movies pick up in the middle of the second act. I need the exposition. I need that one. I need to care about the family first off. If I'm if anything's gonna happen, yeah. I if. I was telling, talking to Ash about this last night after we saw it. I was like, "Oh, you just saw it last night? Yeah, so it's really well, we were supposed yeah. to go see it earlier, and then we um, last week, and it, we, we realized that neither one of us were really in the mood for it. And yeah, we were both and I had just saw Pet Cemetery and two nights yeah. in a row. Both of us were talking like an old Jewish married couple. <laughs> it's fun <laughs> over well, each I other. Yeah. Sentence. Anyways, <laughs> we didn't go. We went last night. So, um, there afterwards I told her, I said, you know, fear is something that is so subjective and so like 
personal that it's really hard to make a universally successful scary movie that has one thing that's the scary thing like most of the scary stuff is the stuff that doesn't show you anything that's one way you can scare people is like Blair Witch like don't show the witch Mm-hmm. Because then everybody gets to make their own image this, the, of the scary thing yep. that's causing what you're seeing. The other way, and, Ooh, and for movies like both of these, like Pet Cemetery and for us, the other way is is you create empathy by making your audience care about your characters. Because yep. then it doesn't matter if your characters are scared. We are going to be scared because we are empathizing with them. Yeah, yeah, we're like anticipating bad things yeah. that have happened to them. We don't want to have happened to them because right. we like them. Right. Whether we have intellectualized that or not, you feel it. That's what that I would all agree. I would both of these movies are missing the underpinning feelings that make all that stuff. Work. And part of that caring is what like is told through exposition. Like I want it like show me more of her like tainted past of trying to come to terms with this thing that we didn't see happen in that mm-hmm. haunted house you know what i mean like show mm-hmm. me more of her parents like did her dad ever come back like like show me that like show me that or whatever like make me feel really bad like really bad for her you know because then when you do have the switch like that's what i was just like i, I should have really hated or been really like redeemed to know one or what like his message didn't come across if i didn't feel like oh my gosh she survived like she made it out of that she would learn to not be one of those things you know Mm -hmm. like she when you find out she was one of them the entire time like she learned she was the one that like saved them because she did cause all of it to happen, even if it wasn't her that led them out of there because of her actions. That's what led to that happening, you know? Yeah. yeah. I should have been embo- like, oh, like victory when I when you find that out. Right. If, it, if supposed to. that was his message. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if that was yeah. I should have felt some sense of victory for her yeah. and I didn't feel anything. Like, no, I didn't even, I wasn't even pissed. Like, oh, she was a bad guy the whole time. Like, I wasn't even like that. Yeah. She was the evil doppelganger. Yeah. 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 I think I, more than anything, I would, I I just was kind of relieved that there was something to reveal. Yeah. You know, I, I know that he does, Jordan Peele has done the, it's got this Twilight Zone uh, thing. Has that started yet? I know you're interested. It has started and I saw, um, some some reviews of it that didn't look too hot so i'm waiting for the stand so that i can do oh yeah the stand and the twilight zone in the 30-day trial all at once and then cancel it before (laughs) good call yeah and then i'll wait until the next if they renew this uh twilight zone if they renew that then i'll just like sign up for for another month or whatever yeah (laughs) well i mentioned that because it just felt it was it was an exciting trailer it was a scary trailer and it was like they built anticipation for this you know new movie from the guy that brought you get out but it felt to me just like really 
it just felt to me like it could have been a one hour twilight zone episode. Yeah. You know, I just felt really drawn out. And so I, so I say I was relieved that there was this twist ending just, just to like walk out feeling, I don't know. That was like how I felt. Like I walked out, I was like, well, at least he was going for something the whole time, I guess. I don't know. I was like, I didn't No, I, I I think I can synthesize. I'm, I'm not. Tell me if this like helps. It was, it did feel like a twilight zone episode. I felt that I had that same thought. It did feel really long and drawn out. Like it could have been an hour long instead of the two hours that it was. But I think that it, it didn't jump that gap where it didn't like. Maybe it didn't arch high enough. Like the climax wasn't enough of a, of a climax to suck. Well, he didn't like the reveal wasn't like that big. It was just like. There was this experiment and it failed and we were all down here to control the people up there. And then they abandoned us. And then we ate rabbits. Like (laughs) that was the freakiest thing in the whole, the whole thing was when they like, you know, when they're doing the montage and they're showing like them doing the stuff on the, so you, first off, you only see this underground world through the version of the boardwalk that's down underground. Right. Like you Mm -hmm. don't see like our house, like you, it would imply oh, right, yeah. like the, your there would be a version of your house underground somewhere where a version of you and the bride are like yeah. doing these pantomimed versions of our actions that we're doing right now, right? Right, right, right. And so you don't get to see that. You just get to see like that boardwalk stretch. So when they show the people all in the cafeteria like eating the food, they pan down and it's the rabbit room and all you hear is like rabbits screaming and the people eating the rabbits like oh that's that that was terrifying i don't even think i realized they were eating rabbits yeah <laughs> i don't think i did either yeah and i definitely closed my eyes a couple of times that might have been one of them yeah yeah so cuz she they that's why they kept showing the rabbits was like um cuz she says like the only thing i ate for all those years was raw raw bloody rabbit you know like i do remember that conversation i remember why the rabbits were there but i don't remember seeing them eat the rabbits like you do i must have looked away but regardless what happens in the movie they don't actually show a person biting the rabbits they show everything getting almost to that point but in amidst all of that the sounds in the rest of the room you can't see is like just this like and that's the sound of rabbits like being eaten alive like Ugh, yeah, terrifying. Ash, you mentioned that term, te- the tethered. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if you can tell us more about that. I, 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 that is pretty descriptive. Like if yeah, so they call what, what you heard about that the, or they read about them. I thought they called themselves that, but my yeah, understanding they referred to themselves as the tethered. The tethered oh. are our shadows, and those shadows are people that have to be kept underground. Yeah. I think it like like one affects the other. So if the shadow gets like one can't exist if the other one is thriving. Like it has to be a well, very the, hierarchical. The experiment the shadow was, is the it gets the short end of the stick. The government was trying to control us. Yeah, that's the part I didn't catch. But yes, the government oh, was trying. Yeah. So they cloned us, and there was supposed to be a clone for every person up on uh, you know li- living in on America. Oh, living in America. Right. And there would be this clone and they would be able to manipulate the clone to control what we do. 
Oh, wow. I forgot. That, it's been a, like three that, weeks or so since I saw this and it left no impression on me. Well, so no, but they don't explain all this. I had to, I had to piece this oh. together through like articles and Wikipedia stuff. Like, yeah. okay. they don't go into this depth in the movie. That's part of the problem. Like, they, like, okay. You, you, they, you, you don't get enough information. You don't get enough, ex, like, backstory to care about the people. You don't get enough exposition about, like, where the tethered come from to, like, be vi- like be should i feel upset that she was the per the like the tethered or should i be all right she made it like she made it out as like what which one should i have like i didn't get any exposition and so from what i could piece together was there was an experiment the government tried to experiment and have these clones so they could control us but what they ended up finding was it was the other way around was that we controlled the clones. And so they abandoned. That's why they're doing all of those pantomime mm-hmm. versions of what we're doing up here down there because they have to, because we're tethered to them, like causing them to happen. Yeah. That's how the sun at the end causes the guy yep. to like walk it back into walk the into the flames yep. of the fire is because he's able to control what the sun does. Right. And right. so I forgot that. Yeah. I've forgotten so much I realize. <laughs> yeah. And so that was the failed experiment. So they uh, the government abandons and just but so for genera- they just keep multiplying throughout the generations and have this underground society that exists where they It is a copy of the society that exists above above ground. ground. Yeah. Right. And so because she switches she's down there able to control her doppelganger up on the surface. So they realize that she is different and can save them all. So she Mm -hmm. formulates this whole plan to to cut the tether where they where basically they use, they they go above ground and kill their, their human counterparts, their human counterparts. So that way they don't, aren't controlled anymore. So they can then go, and I and that's the one article I read. That's why they do the hands across America thing is to symbolize that they might still have a soul, even though there are these soulless clones. Like it's to p- point doubt that they have the, they might have a soul because they're able to complete this thing that mm. the above ground humans weren't able to actually mm. do because it was a failed charity. Right, because they didn't actually do the hands across America thing, the the tethered were able to actually do it, um, oh. and, and organize. So, yeah, yeah all it seems that. like it's a, it rewards uh, looking into, but it just yeah, yeah it doesn't that, inspire no, you to do it. that. It still doesn't. It <laughs> still yeah. I I only wanted to do that because I'm just like, I part of it was I had saw Pet Cemetery and was so disappointed with that I had put then us on this pedestal. I'm like. Well, you have us coming up, and you know that's going to oh, be good, yeah. you know, which just set it up yeah. for fucking failure. Yeah, that was disappointing. I am fucking roasting in yep. here. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, open the window. Roasting. Open the window. Open the window. I'll, I just won't yell. Yeah, yeah. I just won't yell. Yeah, I was thinking about it, you know, knowing we were going to talk about it, the movie, and I was like, well, I have this little anecdote that the dude from work said, and so I could share that. But around so it blows in. We get the cold air in. I'm sorry. Oh, no, the anecdote from the dude from work is like, it's good. I think that that is a great, it's a great theory and it does give it some sustenance, but like, what's wrong with putting that, like, 
you, that message was not delivered adequately. I don't think. No, I, 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 I don't know. So, but that was like that. I realized coming into it a couple of days ago, I was like, that's, that's the only consideration I've given it. <laughs> like yeah. it, it, the, which I wouldn't even have thought anyway. So I was trying to think to myself, like why, what was it? And I came to that. I was like, well, what was, you know, this dude, the film, uh, theory guy was talking about how like oh it's much more subtle than get out and so i'm like you know i was like oh, fuck that it's like i'm not gonna get into this thing about i'm not eight i'm not trying to impress anybody especially i'm just leaving my own hit right. <laughs> so i'm like look i liked get out i liked feeling like i was uncovering analogies whether they were in metaphors whether they were like clear whatever i didn't need to impress anyone like i said but it's like beyond that what, what, what was it I liked or what was different? And I was like, I cared about that guy. Yeah. And I actually, before you realize that the, that the, I can't remember any of their character names, but before you realize that, uh, I can't even remember the actor's names that the, his girlfriend is part of the family that is, you know, trapping him to, you know, uh, for nefarious reasons. Like I was invested in that relationship. Like I, I, um, Allison Williams, I just put yeah. it together. <laughs> um, I can't, but I can't remember the characters. They names. Anyway, spent I, 35 to 40 minutes make like spending the time. Yep. Yeah. Getting you to care about that guy tell their story. and getting you to care about their relationship. Yeah, like that with her standing that. up to the cop and like all that's the, they spent that time. That's valuable time like that. Yep. That, it's not it's just not like those things, like the cop, the thing was important, but like, I think some things that go a long way are some of the playful moments between them in conjunction. Like it's a, it's a delicate balance. Like everything in Hollywood movies and stuff, like everything that happens has a payoff. Everything you see is for some kind of reason. And so things like even just where, but it's great if they can, if you're not realizing it in the, in the moment, if it's like character stuff. So like, you know, she's talking about taking home, like little charming moments, like, you know, a black man, (laughs) just like, like they have little intimate moments that just make you feel like, make you forget that it's a movie for a second. Make you, you know, you just get, you get invested. Like you care about, that's one of the things that TV can do so well is like, you get all this time with people. You can build character in this way. Week after week. Yeah. 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 And that's why people get so invested in, in television and, and why for years, like people on TV had such a a different relationship to their audience than, than people in movies movies like in big screen because a you're in their home but also like you spend so much time with those characters you feel like you know them anyway so it's a lot to pull off sometimes i guess or i guess always it is it's a tall order to effectively make you care about the characters in a movie that's true but if you're gonna put them through hell we have to care about them otherwise we don't we're not in I don't know. I wasn't in, so I realized that. It's just spectacle at that point, and the spectacle only goes so far. Yeah. Like, yeah, and for this, it was like the first like 15 minutes where they were outside their house, and then all of a sudden, they're talking with them. I don't yeah. know. It was just weird. It just it just did not work for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I... I can agree with that. I, I totally... It, it really made... Because I was thinking, I was almost did an open letter... Uh, to the directors of <laughs> us and the new Pet Cemetery, but I didn't. I started to write it, and then it was just going to be a shit show. I was just going to like <laughs> be so mad. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and I—that's not what I want. The open. I, I mean, it's some open letters can be like that, but I don't want the second one to be like that, and I don't want to set a precedent. 
uh, I think that there are times when criticism aimed at filmmakers like can be helpful somehow yeah. or, or any creative person. I even know like for me making my music, like I made one album, I put it out, it had reviews and the couple of negative comments that like jive with like, oh, you know, they're right. Like yeah. help me course correct. If I wanted to do something and try to put it out for public consumption, this is how it's coming across. I was able to adjust. And I've heard that from other creative people at times. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there are, there is a place for that, but I know what you mean. Like, you don't want to yeah. just be like, fuck you. This is terrible. And this is terrible. And <laughs> go fuck yourself. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, and, and I wrote the first paragraph and it was just there. Like it basically said, fuck you like eight times in that first. Paragraph, <laughs> and I'm just like, no, 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 no. I'm not guessing there was at least a couple go fuck yourselves. No, no, no. It didn't literally say fuck you. It was just like, though. I, I, I mean, I said it much more tactfully. Uh, but um, I was thinking, though, I think that might be why there's so many awesome independent horror films. Like mm-hmm. why there's or these breakout horror movies is I know like the industry tends to say that is because they're cheap to make. So if you're an independent filmmaker, it's, it's much cheap, cheaper to make a horror movie than it is to make, you know, a good drama or even, or an action film. Uh, And horror movies tend to make money. Even really bad ones tend to make money. So that's, I understand that those are two major reasons why it would be enticing for an independent filmmaker to make a horror movie. But I also think that one of the reasons why there are so many awesome breakthrough independent horror films is because they don't have that amazing budget. Because they don't have that amazing budget, they can't show the monster. They can't do all the crazy special effects. They, so they have to do really good character development or else they don't have a movie then, you know, mm-hmm. like they have to do figure out how to build that tension and suspense because there's not, they're not going to be able to afford to show the Blair Witch. They're like, they made that movie on what? $14,000 or some ridiculously wow. low amount of money. And, or I'm sure I think it's a little more than that. I think it was like a hundred and some thousand. But they like, ba- which it was still movies. nothing. Even in 1999, that was still like a nothing budget. They knew they couldn't show the Blair Witch, so they had to figure out how do we make this scary then, and they nailed it. Like that, in my opinion, they did a great job. Well, and even that movie, I think, didn't it? St- I don't. All the sort of documentary stuff that they were doing, making it seem like a real thing. If I remember correctly, a lot of that was. I don't know how much of it they, and I think they intended for what became the entire movie to be a piece of a larger puzzle. Yeah. And then they realize, oh, this is the movie because it's so affecting right, right. on its own. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times you don't necessarily know what's working. And I, uh, you've talked about your theory of the sometimes absolute control is not a good thing right. for a creative endeavor. That's how you get your pinks. Um, yeah. That's how you get your pinks. Um, I don't know. One of the things too, it's like, I, I remember Jordan Peele talking about, it's like, I have all these social thrillers in my head. Like he made up that word, right? Yeah. Social, if I'm remembering it correctly. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I think that's, uh, I think I remember him using that term. Yeah. Something like that. And I thought that like, how interesting, like that's a new thing. He did it in a really exciting and moving way, yeah. entertaining way. Yep. 
Um, I wonder if he was just like, I don't want to fucking talk about this movie in that way <laughs> or what. Yeah. Because it seems like it is one of those and he could have leaned into it and just given it that to. context, but maybe just chose not to. I don't buy that. I, I, I mean, I definitely arbitrary. think there is a message there. Like I, yeah. I, I get what he's saying. I mean, because even, I mean, shit, even Freddy Krueger or Nightmare on Elm Street has a message, right? It's all, that's all about like teen suicide. That's, that's the analogy of that. Oh, you know? I didn't know like, that. I, oh, so I'm, I'm pretty sure that's, was the, that, that was the inspiration. Like it is the, and, and neighborhood secrets and all that stuff. Like there's all, there, there's, there's even in a, a schlock movie like that. There is hidden context and in, in sub subterfuge, right? Like so, mm-hmm. I, I it would be silly to be like, oh, it's just a horror movie. There is no <laughs> oh, movie. Mika, she knocked off Silent Bob. She's such a bitch. <laughs> oh, I just saw there. You have not only a Silent Bob figurine, but also a Bob's Big Boy. That's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, she's coming for that yeah. one next. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, any minute now. Um. Anyway, so it it just what was I saying? Shit. Making her new baby. No. Um. Oh, I can't remember either. I think it had to do with the messaging uh, that there are oh, messages, and even for. Um, I, I just think Fred that uh, you know, of course, this has. I, I I'm not going to buy the. It didn't have a, a, a hidden message, but I get what he's saying. Like, it, all of them are going to have messages. I wasn't. I'm not going out to try. Like, I feel like Get Out. He wanted to change something, right? Like, like. I'm trying to make you think about this so I can elicit change. This one, it's like, I just want you to see, if you see that hidden context, great. That was my inspiration. But at the end of the day, I just want to make a movie that entertained. And I get what he's saying. And I see what he tried to do, but he didn't hit, he didn't achieve it. I'm sorry. Like it, it, because it felt like he was trying to send a message. Is that what he did? No, no, because I wasn't entertained because if I'm going to see a scary movie, I should have felt something for some of those people. Even the little kid, I didn't feel anything for, you know, like I, I, I just, yeah. Sorry, Jordan Peele. (laughs) Ash, um, let me ask you a a question. Um, You know, you have a, you have historically had an aversion to horror movies. Yeah. Can can you pinpoint or do you know it's like, oh, I could do this if it's not about this kind of scary thing. Like, what's the kind of scary thing that gets you that you worry you don't want to expose yourself to with these movies? That I dislike the kind of scary. That- yeah, like, oh, I hope it's not. Like, for me, I know. Well, I'm really, I'm not, oh, I don't know. I guess you could say horror. If I like body horror type stuff. So, like, skin on anything with skin or something like that upsets me the fly upsets me but also we mentioned that movie the strangers which is just like people standing in outside in the yard peering into your house like every night i come up we have a, a split level every night I come up these stairs like to the kitchen and we have this, the porch that I often will podcast from and it's dark out there. And the worst thing I could think of is for somebody to be leering up against that window. Yeah. Like that is the scariest thing in the world to me. Um, so something like the, the strangers really hit that. Um, so I guess I'm just wondering if there are certain things in particular that that you're worried about in horror movies or that you don't want to see. I am definitely drawn towards, it can be a scary movie, but it has to have a good storyline behind it. 
I'm not interested in gore. I'm not interested in slasher. I'm not interested in um, anything creepy or off-putting or abusive. Um, I remember being in college. No rapey stuff. No rapey stuff. But I remember being in college and my siblings were watching a movie and I lasted for the first not even five minutes because it was the butterfly effect. Oh, yeah. And within the first five minutes of that movie, one of the kids, it's a boy, he's like a teenager. It's not a horror movie, but it's like a movie that makes you uncomfortable. And the little girl, he like smashes her in the face with a two by four. And Ooh. it's really gruesome, and that kind of thing I'm, is not my is not my deal. But if it's a scary movie that I can think about, if it's a scary movie that has a good driving plot line, examples of that would be A Quiet Place, um, Get Silence Out, of the Lambs. Uh, Silence of the Lambs, Seven, um, and all of these are like they're all like A list horror movies. And in all my of book. these are movies that I would have like promised you before i met him i would have promised you i will never watch those movies ever ever can you let her out she's gonna in 10 minutes she's she's a a fucking orange tornado (laughs) ginger tornado she's the best the best um so what was it about the trailer of this that you saw and we're just like no sir it just looked super creepy let's let's and didn't give you probably didn't give much of a story sense to latch on to perhaps i don't know no i'm just it just looked like pure horror it didn't look like i didn't i didn't get the the underlying messages from the trailer any underlying messages so i was like no this is just gonna be a scary movie and i don't want to be scared yeah fuck i didn't get the underlying messages from the movie itself <laughs> yeah there's really just the one twist that's well there's the the underground sort of yeah there's the tethered in general but then there's the idea that or the revelation that the the main character had switched as a child with her tethered version and yes and adapted to life above ground and then the the one who had grown up to whatever age above ground was then below with the tethered and she helped, uh, what is it? I can't think. Motivate. <laughs> she, I can't find the words. I can't, I oh, still can't find the right word. She helped organize a, uh, like a takeover, I guess, to try to get back up there and bring everyone else below with her. What's so frustrating is they showed all the scenes of exposition in that trailer. And all the scenes of like what endears you to the characters. Like that's that thing saying. at the beginning with I got five on oh, it. Yeah, like that's, 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 that's like, great. Like, but that's it. Is like the, all of the like character building is in that trailer. Every scene of character yeah. building is, is in that trailer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and that guy is like the 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 cast is is great. Like Lapita Nyong'o, Oscar didn't she win yeah. an Oscar? Like, like <laughs> yeah, and she and she was slave. Like, she was incredible in this. Like she was pitch perfect yeah. and terrifying as the tethered and and otherwise. I thought she was wonderful. That Winston Duke guy, like he's one of those dudes you just like from Black Panther. Yeah, you just see him and you're like on board with him. Not where I saw him. What I saw him in last. 
Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. He's that dude. He's like, are you done? Are you done? Like, and, and has the, you know, the, the, <laughs> the sort of neighboring tribe yes. that comes to the aid. <laughs> Oh fuck! Like, like, so they do. Like, they buy some goodwill with the casting <laughs> of him and stuff. But they, and you kind of, I don't know. I would say you root for him more than you care about him. Like, <laughs> you want to yeah, watch that well, guy regardless. But, but, but you've seen that guy that like yeah. the hapless husband a million times before. Like, yeah. <laughs> why do I care about him? Oh, he bought a boat that nobody likes. That's stupid and junk. I don't care right, about yeah. he, he, like <laughs> yeah. that's just a that's that's comedy relief. That's what that is. Yes. Yep. You know, that's true. like it more comedy relief it does, no, it doesn't make me care about him. You care about them, yeah. Well, what's kind of fucked up too is like or, or fucked up. I don't know. It's weird. You have this terrible menace of the people outside, yeah. and then they just come in and sit down, which yeah. I know must have been a novel idea. But it really deflates the terror. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they all kind of go and hang out with their buddies, you know, like with their new buddies and they learn about them a little bit. And like uh, I, another theory that I ran into, this one was interesting, was that the sun, that last scene when they look at each other and there's a knowing that happens between them, like, mm-hmm. We're supposed to think it's just the sun letting her know. I know that you're not actually mm. like that. You're one of them. Mm. But well, the theory is, is that the sun, the real sun burned himself with that magic trick. And she went and swapped him out because he was damaged. She knew she could go down and swap him out. So she went down and swapped him. Oh, that is a deep conspiracy. Theory. Yeah. Oh, man. But then, I mean, a bunch of people poke holes in that. And then the timing doesn't work right. So, like, he got to a certain age. He said that was the magic trick he had last year. So he got that old. And then yeah. she swapped him and he didn't know what happened, you know, like. Or he did. And that's why he doesn't talk. Well, no, he talked He because he talked. Well, he talked, but he like. He it seems like there like was, was some cognitive to, like, thing. Yeah. And I think that's what contributes to the theory. But yeah. yeah, but the theory was that he and that's why the other one was so crazy was because it knew he knew that he belonged in up above, but just like her got put swapped out. So I thought that in, added a little bit of intrigue. But again, like I Intrigue is that's not, more interesting to me than that movie was like that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know like something I read on a Wikipedia page or in a news article was more intriguing than the actual movie which is <laughs> yeah. saying yeah. something I think yeah um, I, I just you know disappointing for a follow up I think to get out it, like I didn't need it to be as groundbreaking as Get Out was, but I did need it to be good. Yeah, this didn't have it didn't have the heart, I guess. Yeah, that's probably a way nicer way to say it. Sorry, Jordan <laughs> Peele. Like I just, yeah. <laughs> You're being honest, but but that's yeah. good. I mean, yeah. I think he'll. I if he hears not this, yeah, not this, but if he is interested in like yeah. how it's received and wants to adjust accordingly. Didn't it have uh, high scores too? Sorry, I didn't mean to talk. Uh, I was looking. I didn't look at Rotten Tomatoes or anything. I'm just on the IMDb, IMDb page, and it's like seven point four out of ten. Yeah. Um, you know what's interesting? 
or it just occurred to me now is um, I have not heard anyone of color talk about this movie. <laughs> yeah. like I just heard my like white colleagues. So I don't know if there's maybe another layer of things that yeah. Yeah, maybe. I'm not considering or... But not um, if it's supposed to just be a horror movie. <laughs> Wouldn't yeah, that mean that I, yeah, that's just go movie. get to watch it? Like, that's true. Yeah. But I mean, it should. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It just wasn't, it was not effective or affecting. I mean, I was, it was weird because it was, I don't know. You know, like there's a thing with the Elizabeth Moss character and that, that couple where it's like, yeah. they're that's shown weird. I feel like in eighties movies where kids were like having sex and you knew they were going to die because they were having sex. Yeah. <laughs> like that these people were, were going to meet uh, a gruesome end because they were drinking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Not yeah. that that's, this I don't know. It just seemed kind of simplistic and yeah. I don't know, but it was weird too. By the time the, the family that we follow is in their house, they're just kind of flipping about things. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it, it, it just there was it just didn't match up. I don't think between uh, I'm the reading, ambition I'm and the, these reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. So it has a this is really telling because it's, it has a ninety four percent and it's certified fresh. What? But the audience score is sixty six percent, which still is high for a horror movie. You know, even if it's just supposed to be a horror movie, oh it, that is that is high for a horror movie. I can't uh, believe it's that well reviewed. But how the disparity between those two numbers for, is very telling. And I'm reading some of these. Us revolves around an allegory that's more elastic and resistant to parsing than mega hit Get Out. Uh, for its unevenness and confusion, for all its unevenness and confusion, cannot be dismissed. Something genuinely urgent seems to happen, especially to, in the performances. This film, unlike its predecessor, isn't perfect. So they're not. They don't want to give him a bad. They don't want to be the reviewer that gives Jordan Peele a bad review. Well, am I right that uh, Rotten Tomatoes is like an aggregate of reviews, or is it, it must be more yeah, than that? So it's like it. It takes if it's a positive review, it that goes up into the that positive that percentage so the 94 percent of the reviews that they aggregate are positive that's what that number represents if i understand yeah, it right. yeah okay but i'm just reading these and they're all acknowledging that it's not that good of a movie but it jordan peele that made good at get out so we'll give <laughs> a positive rating yeah that's and that could be you could generate that much good you know like but it's okay because he made get out but he that's how much we out. love get out yeah <laughs> um yeah which would help explain why it's 94% certified fresh and, yeah. but only 66%. I mean, I think the user audience score is much more telling sometimes than the critic reviews, you know? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm just. Not a fan. It didn't work for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it didn't. There were uh, that I was was scared of, and I I found myself uncomfortable a few times. But once I got over that, it was just like gory shock and awe. It felt a little bit like just bloody shock and awe. Um, yeah. And didn't really hit me as hard. I was more struck by the two kids in the movie. Like, mm -hmm. that's some crazy shit for them to see in a movie. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know who they are or their backgrounds, but like, they can't have done that many movies. That 
Well, and for I, this to be an early exposure. And you know what? And he did make it a point to keep showing crazy. them seeing this horrific shit. Like the the there was a few times where the camera would just sit on them looking at the horror or the carnage. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, what was that? I, maybe it was just to like to hit home, like oh these kids are seeing stuff that i mean what you're commenting on right there like yeah well i you had mentioned like you did sort of half the research on this one as to get out was that prior or just in general prior to so prior to the day the original day we were going to go see it i um i read the imdb and i read the wikipedia and then he and i uh on our way to see it the day we were supposed to go see it after work, we both realized that neither one of us really wanted to see it. We were going to see it because we thought the other one really wanted to go see it. So he looked at me Well, we had a bad doctor's appointment, which we don't oh. have We had to. a crappy doctor's appointment. And, and then he was like, I really don't want to go to this movie. Do you want to go to this movie? And I was like, I was only going to this movie because you want to go to this movie. So if you don't want to go to this movie, why are we going to this movie? Yeah. Oh. So then we didn't go, and it was okay. We decided not to go and postponed it until last night. Um, but but even leading leading up to it, um, I'm sorry, I don't remember what the what I was the question oh, I was answering. I was oh yeah, I was just kind of interesting interested in uh, maybe the whatever the process I just that led like, us. Or, or just like anything that you might have come across that like oh. you had hoped it would be or Palmer and I kind of got it lit up and we, we talked and I feel like maybe you didn't get a chance to yeah. do so. so I no, to I, I mean, I do feel, I do feel like um, it looked like an interesting story, but to be honest with you, like I've gotten to the point now where I, if I'm, if I'm paying attention to myself, then I remember that this is probably the triple digits of recommendations for movies that I've gotten from him and they've all been good. So like if there's a movie that he really wants to see, then chances are it's going to be good too. So isn't it just easier if I just go with the flow and like realize that it's going to be an enjoyable experience. Cause it's going to be a fun movie night. And you go to the movies I say to go to woman. Not even that. Just like, that's not what I mean. It actually sounds more like you're her reliable algorithm. Yeah. He knows his stuff. He knows what he's talking about when he says this is a good movie or this is a bad movie. Well, not always when he says it's a bad movie because I happen to like romantic comedies. I don't think all romantic comedies are bad. I like Love Actually. I think that is a perfect romantic comedy because it has swearing and nudity in it. (laughs) Lots of nudity. Yeah, two thumbs up. Lots of both, actually. Two Rick Graham thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> so I I think I've come to a point where maybe you would agree with this. I'm fighting less. Oh yeah. Over no. his movie suggestions. I'm just fighting with him less. That seems like a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, obviously for movies you haven't seen, you don't know and how I have, turn right. out. And I have been rewarded thus far and I don't think at the end of us watching movies together, I'm going to be like, I love the horror genre or I love scary movies. She's going to say that eventually. <laughs> and my, my retort to that was, well, do you love romantic comedies? No, but there are some romantic comedies that I like. Right. And there are some scary movies that I like, but that doesn't mean I love all scary movies. I'm going to change that. No. <laughs> So I will say I don't know that we have any. You're other just giving up on the on the docket. 
but this was a a, a, a good I, I as far as scary movies go my expectations my bar is much lower than his bar I thought it was a good movie I totally and freely admit that I a good part of my problem is probably because I had it on a pretty high pedestal yeah yeah me too it's really hard to maintain expectations so um you know making movies are hard i don't make movies uh so i i totally get it Uh, it just wasn't what i was expecting or what or or i think a worthy in my opinion it really seems disappointing after get out yes i can understand that yeah yeah i think most things would but yeah yeah and that's probably not fair yeah that's a a awfully tough act to follow i mean if you think about some of the standout you know debuts sucked after six cents oh yeah and that guy's made a lot of movies that didn't really work yeah um so you know uh did John Singleton actually pass away? I heard. I heard he, he was in, in a. Support? He was on a breathing machine, and maybe he was. I can't remember if I heard that he was still on life support. I think that was the last I heard. Was he was on life support? Yeah. But I bring that up because yeah. Boys in the Hood is incredible. Like, but higher learning. Oh no, he died not. April twenty ninth. <laughs> he died. Yeah, he, he did passed die. away. Okay. Yeah. There was a kind of a back and forth where he was pronounced or like dead in the media, but wasn't actually dead, etc. So, yeah. but yeah, that, I'm just trying to think of other, like, um, you know, even Kevin Smith that we talk about a lot in the show. We like a lot, like clerks, people loved people yeah. did not love mall rats. A lot of times, like the, the momentum, if you make something truly remarkable like that, I think of movies, you know, I do make movies. I don't make movies like this. Uh, but I, I, I think of them a lot of times as a magic trick and, and, and as yeah. a, the, the, and especially when you're dealing with uh, people performing and actors and all of these different people doing the kinds of movies that I make are, aren't reliant upon a, a crew and a lot of things like I'm making documentary films. And so it's all about if I can capture the subject and even then it's like this hard thing to do. It doesn't always work, whatever. But, in dramatic movies and stuff where you got all these different people doing all of these different jobs. Like you look at the credits of a movie. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like how many names are involved there and how many people have to be making the same movie, even if they are like sometimes the just doesn't <laughs> work out. <laughs> like even though all of the things should be in place, like it, I don't know. And so the times when it does though, it is like a fucking magic trick yeah. and get out yeah. is like a, a, is a perfect movie. And so I, I, I don't know. I, I, th- I think that I feel like I'm, I've definitely have not been like written off Jordan Peele. You know what I mean? No, not by no, no, no. It was no. just a little bit of a letdown. Yeah. I think. I, and I think it's because it just didn't have the thing about it. I feel like that, that could be <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> you know, the the prequels didn't have the heart that the original trilogy did. It's not coming it's not from that. that same I didn't place. like what was there. There just wasn't enough of it there. Like I think that. I, I, Do you think the way that you're perceiving us has been? Im- I mean, I know it has been impacted by Get Out because we. But did you go into us expecting 
get out too? I walked into this movie expecting it, to, yes, to wipe out all the bad taste in my mouth from the Pet Cemetery reboot. Oh. Like, I literally said that to myself multiple times. Like, I can't wait to see us because it's going to be so much better than Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's sad. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think for me, I had there was a lot of goodwill because of Get Out. Um, I thought the trailer was really exciting. Uh, I don't know. Do we do a, whether or not this is a Palmer's pick? Uh, no, because no. Palmer's pick is the one where you pick a movie, introduce it to Ash, and right? Is that right? Oh and yeah, Palmer's pick is where like she picks or, three, and I pick three, and then she picks one of those, and then yeah. she we have to talk about whether or not she likes. We them. get through all of them. We've done that a couple of times. Yeah, the, I, yeah. I wouldn't say this was a Palmer's pick. This was just a. Uh, let's go see a movie and this is a movie we've both been wanting to see. So it was kind of a, a shot to see if it would be a, a movie. Yeah. The only twist to that was she originally said she didn't want to go see it. Yes. That is the twist. Yeah. Yeah. And that that was definitely interesting to me. uh, Because I'm a woman, I changed my mind. So. Shocker. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Man, you are, you make me sound like such a chauvinist. That, I mean, that is the reputation I have as a female. Yeah. Oh man. In the world at large, or just I, in that room? I, Maybe you're a chauvinist. <laughs> Let's see you coming down on yourself like that. Uh, I, I no. don't. I don't apologize for my for my uh, the way I easily change my mind. Sometimes I don't that's think okay. that's always a bad thing. Yeah. No, that's fine. So it, it, I don't I apologize for that. Opinions. It frustrates me sometimes. Yeah. So. Uh, anyway. I think we did some good here. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> And action steps. Like there it is. Like <laughs> that's my goal update for this this episode. <laughs> um no, so you want to take a break? I'm sure you gotta pee. I do, yeah. Um so let's go pee. <laughs> we don't want to grow another stone. And then yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna bow out and go uh actually gonna bow out. So final back. verdict. So Here's the thing I have to pee in eventually. Oh, wow. (laughs) And the one person I I talked to about it, um, she's like, you might want to look into getting a second one (laughs) because I felt the, the, she, the the person I know who did had to do one of these. I don't think it was because of kidney stones. I don't know what it was for, but she was like, I was like in danger of running out. So I had to get a new one. And I was like, well, I, I pee a lot. So maybe I, Anyway. Man, that thing is going to be so by, up after like four hours. That thing is going to be so rancid to open up and pee into. Oh, like, I th- I think the important thing is that it encapsulates twenty four hours. Oh, twenty four hours! Like a whole book. I have to read it first and have twenty four hours to where I can carry it around. But not okay. tonight. Anyway, yeah, I not just, tonight. Okay, I was looking. At All it. right, fair enough. You fair get enough. to work from home during that twenty four hours, right? Uh, yeah, I need to find a day where I can uh, do okay, that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that would be something, right? Oh my god! <laughs> if you were gonna, if I, I just pictured Dave going through his day with his little brown jug, like with, with the handle. Oh, think how like, efficient he would be. He would never have to leave his desk. And he like has to like oh, juggle true. it under just the office, just like juggle it under his chin to get his car keys and like try <laughs> to get through the door and like. He like puts the handle in his mouth and holds it, and it's like all sloshy. <laughs> oh man, this is a this is a WPLMR sketch waiting to happen. Oh <laughs> my goodness! Somehow we can make the punchline of it. Like you don't have any money. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> great. <laughs> you didn't have to carry around your piss. Like. Oh my goodness. Oh man. 
Well, Ash, thank you for joining us. It's it's always yeah. nice to to see you yes, and nice to yeah, get your take on fun, this. Dave. Thanks, thank babe. Thank you very much. Absolutely. I always enjoy talking to you guys. Sorry I pumpkin so so quickly. But. That's okay. We're um right. her brother is upping his ETA. So he and his boys decided to make the drive. They started it today and their plan was oh. to drive from Vermont and stop halfway. And Anthony just texted me and said, Hey, it's raining and I don't want to camp in the rain. They oh. were gonna just pitch a tent somewhere. Yeah. And so he's like, we're about four hours away. Can we just power <gasps> through and come tonight? Oh. Anyway, I gotta, Thanks, I gotta babe. To Thanks for coming so, on. Sorry, Jordan Peele. We didn't me. like your movie. I didn't anyways. I believe you do better next time. I think yeah, you'll be do. able to do better next time. I still That's have faith nice. in you. I still I have faith in you. I Anybody who can make it out, like I know. Man, see, I'm still like comparing. That's not fair. That's That's all right, so we're taking a break. Fair. Dave, yeah, good go talking pee. to you. Yeah. Nice to see you. Nice talking to you. Enjoy your, your company. <laughs> Long walkers don't leave. Yeah, don't fucking go anywhere. Is that the is that your didgeridoo over your shoulder? Yeah. Awesome. I've been wondering that for quite a while, but I keep meaning to ask. And that does I don't think I realized you had one that wasn't just PVC pipe. Like that looks like a carved Oh no, like apparently so um this is my first Christmas with Ash. She got this for me. And oh, really? Is like so we were Whoa. painting. Whoa, that is so much more like I guess I've never seen this. And, That's gorgeous. Um it is a supposedly actually one of the tree like the a traditional didgeridoo is a tree this like branch of this special kind of tree that the the termites like bore out through the middle in Australia. And that's oh. where, where they, like they make didgeridoos. Traditional, authentic didgeridoos are made out of that kind of tree, and only those branches that are hollowed out by the the termites. And so I had been dating Ash. You know, we started dating in May, and this was Christmas time. And I randomly get a text message that says. In case you don't hear from me in an hour, I'm at this address. And that's all it said. It's like, and I instantly was like, oh, she's she's meeting somebody from the internet. And like just once, and come to find out, like she had on Craigslist, so I had offhandedly mentioned how I wanted a didgeridoo. I always wanted a didgeridoo. She found this on Craigslist from like an Australian who had like it, this is supposedly one of those like a branch from one of those trees that uh, like it's all authentic wow so as much as you can believe somebody third party like you weren't even there <laughs> from craigslist so yeah it's beautiful nonetheless like uh, that's really yeah cool so 
I'm I'm glad I I'm glad I asked. <laughs> yeah, but it. That's I mean, it's awesome. Really but yeah, no. So that's my didgeridoo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, how? Um, yeah. So I I want to be sensitive, of course, to uh, <laughs> yeah, to your situation. How? What would be best to? Uh, how uh, would you best, I, honestly, I am in no rush now. Like, oh, because you gotta yeah. stay up. Even? Yeah. No. Oh. Yeah. You have to go in tomorrow. Yeah, I gotta go in tomorrow. I gotta go finish two days of training, sitting in the classroom. Oh goddamn! Like this is the actual legitimate like classroom training that I'm in right now, and it's just so long and like crucial to my job. It like I expected to know this stuff by the time oh. I like. Yeah, so it's awful. Not fun. It's just straight lecture. Um, so it's like just trying to like osmosis information, you know, and got a huge three ring binder that's like all Xerox, all these like Xerox PowerPoint charts. I'm I get like, a little charts though when I hear binder. I'm like, oh, you got a binder? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, I, I'm like. I, as I'm saying, I'm like, yeah, David, this would totally He's going to like Dave. this. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a fun binder, no. though. Um, so, yeah. So, no, yeah, I still got to do that for the next two days. Uh, hopefully, uh, Friday I might be a, a half day. We might get out pretty early from class. And I don't think I'm expected to go to um, work, like, back to work after that. So, which is nice. So... Yeah. Oh, and then two movies we didn't like. Do you want to talk about something else? <laughs> well, you said um, you said that, that the bride put you through a week of revenge. Oh, yes, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Okay. So let me find this. Um, so of course we do the uh, shit the bride says, which is the Twitter clandestine Twitter feed for things my wife says that crack me up that are generally somehow shocking and inappropriate. Knock me on my uh, ass. <laughs> yeah, I oh, I'm just trying to go back through our text here, and this like started to crash. Maybe I can look on my phone. Um, so this time it will just be one. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit! There's too many things. <laughs> we text a lot. I'm realizing. <laughs> Uh, one tweet that sort of sets up. I have to cut. Some you guys argue in text messages? Not seriously. I just can't really do that. Oh, I, okay. And I don't. Good for you. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes. I, it just. I don't know. Because I would like to move on from fights as soon great, as possible. Great screen cap right there for you. I gave you when you uh, when you're editing this. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Okay, I'm just trying to keep. You want you want fights to end as fast as possible. I do. So yeah, I try not to perpetuate them. I mean, obviously, I do a lot, but I think I I feel like I do that much more in text. Uh, Okay, I just want to make sure I'm queued up here. Okay, all right. So all right, let me go then quickly to this one tech or one shit. The bride says it tease this up. So normally, I would do just one. Or like maybe you usually do like four shit the bride says uh, tweets because they're short, um, but this one uh, has one tweet that then has like a private thing that I'll share as best I can through the podcast. So I think we tweeted this out uh, two or three days ago, 
uh, in parentheses after Nemesis Week 2019. Oh, which I haven't seen. Oh, the tweet. Yeah, you can follow uh, all any listener or viewer can follow live at shit the bride says, or even just following us on Twitter. I, I always retweet them at LWSD pod. She says, uh, after Nemesis Week 2019, I punched you with my vengeance for a week. I taught you a lesson you'll never unlearn. (laughs) She had a blast with this. So um, Avengers Infinity War came out last weekend. Yeah. Um, Well, uh, sorry. No, excuse me. Avengers. What is it? Endgame. Infinity War Endgame? I don't know. Endgame. Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. And so we went to see that uh, together and we were anticipating it. And uh, we actually... We've rewatched the first movie and like the first part of that movie and or the first part of that. <laughs> fuck, like it's kind of like a two-parter. Infinity War was like part yeah. one, and Endgame and it, is part Infinity two. Infinity War definitely ends on a TBC, like yeah, yeah, and it. I mean, so you know, obviously spoilers for everything, but like I, I have no good memories of that movie really, just because I don't, I don't think I knew it was going to end so badly with like half the Avengers dying and stuff. Yeah. Um. So I just did not have fond memories of it. And we were going to rewatch it coming to this new one. She got tickets and all this. And I was really shocked watching the first hour of it, like how fun it was. It was like really fun. Yeah. The, the first, uh, the Infinity War, the first part of this. And um, I think I said something. I, I said something praising Robert Downey Jr. is what set this yeah. off. <laughs> um, who I generally find like super entertaining and charming and like granted he's like smarmy and tony stark is smarmy but like i don't i don't care i find it so fun and i was i was really entertained by him and i was i can't remember what i said but i guess she regards him as one of her nemeses or something or like she's like it's as if so she was like likening it to if i or if she had said really nice things about someone I don't like, like yeah. Kanye or whatever. Someone that makes me upset. Yeah. And so she's like, well, like Val you Kilmer, know, like my Val Kilmer. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> and so she, I don't know. She just, uh, she took it as an opportunity to dole out vengeance. So they, so she was going to like, you're going to get nemesis text me or something all week. I'm not sure what it was. So the, the first day, um, maybe I can show some of these. I'm trying to think if there's a way I can safely do this because it's kind of fun. I don't know. We'll try. I'll um, I'll just like cut all this out if it doesn't work. So I'll share my screen. No, there's phone numbers and shit everywhere. Anyway, the first day was a series of gifts of cats attacking dogs. And it said, Happy Nemesis Day from cats. Because... <laughs> I don't like cats. I feel like they're dicks and I hate it when cats attack dogs. <laughs> yeah. Because I love dogs and I feel like cats are assholes. I'm just looking at these gifts. It's so infuriating. <laughs> um, I'll tweet these out maybe or something. I don't try to share it somehow uh, um, with the episode hashtag, you know, LWSD69. Anyway, so the first day is Nem- Happy Nemesis Day from cats. The next day... Um, is happy nemesis day happy nemesis week from villains may we all honor them with t-shirts and lunch boxes so i have a problem i've i've voiced a problem when we've had an honest to goodness fight in the house about the commodification of like star wars villains <laughs> like because she, she i was she loves to buy it was christmas ornaments and she was getting these ones with like stormtroopers and stuff 
<laughs> and I've said it on the podcast, I think. It's like, I don't like celebrating them. They're bad guys. You wouldn't celebrate Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually come to more of a piece around that because I... Th- my, I suspect that it's a licensing issue. Like you don't have to pay for likeness rights of like Mark Hamill or Carrie yeah, Fisher. Yeah. If you just put up a stormtrooper or something anyway. But so that was the second day she chose. And the series of gifts in this case was actually crease getting in Johnny Lawrence's face saying no mercy <laughs> from karate kid. Then it's the emperor Palpatine doing some menacing shit from episode three. There is one. I actually do have to share a couple of these. Hey, wait, I'm going to the Twitter feed. None of these are on the Twitter. Oh, they're, they're not. They're, these are all in a private text, which oh, is okay. yeah. So that's why I can't. Um, I, I think uh, <laughs> I gotta share this. I'll just have to blur some of this out. I got it because this this was my favorite day. <laughs> um, all right, so I'm gonna share my entire screen and make some of these big. If it doesn't crash my computer, this will be a nice palette cleanser before we get into Pet Cemetery. come on don't crash there we go so there's john crease no mercy and there's emperor palpatine Uh, and this this one made me laugh out loud it's a stormtrooper (laughs) like (laughs) pelvic it's a guy in a stormtrooper costume on vhs in like a used car lot or parking lot just like pumping his pelvis in the air He's humping the air, and, it's, and I can't take my eyes off it. A lot of times, she was sending me these on opposite ends of the couch. It was actually—I think every night she wanted to see my reaction to the gifts that she was sending. She was so happy with herself with this whole Vengeance Week or Nemesis Week. Anyway, so I love this Stormtrooper gift, <laughs> and then this one of Voldemort. <laughs> dance, seemed to dance in front of like a rainbow flag. That's hilarious. I could have, that one really made me laugh too. <laughs> I don't know why, but that, that's funny to me. And then uh, the Joker and Harley Quinn. Oh, I, um, I can celebrate them though. Yeah. That's I, another great, great, great thing. Another way that you can use empathy to generate horror is by making you empathize with the vil, like the bad guy that then that makes you fills you with horror that you feel empathetic to them yeah yeah <sighs> yeah it's important whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, yeah i see whoa, uh, so, uh, uh, some of this is just like general back and forth between the two of us which involves me like sending nacho libre gifts that say you're the base <laughs> and uh oh nemesis week for this day was also wait oh this was a bonus i guess but it was nathan fillion's ass from from firefly <laughs> 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 which i'm trying to make full screen here Look at that ass. Which is, I don't know, that's that's not punishing anyone. No. <laughs> and that's not the first time it's been brought up on this show. Or wow. Feed. I remember that of our early Twitter days um, for LWST Pod, that was, this was one that got a lot of hits just because it was Nathan Fillion's ass and people were chiming in about it. That literally uh, is making me search for Brad Pitt Fight Club gifs. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Then the next, the next day, the next official day was Happy Nemesis from. Uh, wait, it was like embroidered jeans, men's embroidered jeans. <laughs> These kind of like with the ornate like stitching on the butt and stuff. Those are terrible. 
and then like women's tops with no shoulders which actually she fucked up because this is not a pet peeve of mine but rather of hers yeah <laughs> so i won this somehow uh and then she and then uh ladies what? and children with tips and then men in red jeans <laughs> which i just can't abide men in red pants I'm trying to make this full screen. I can't. So the, and then then this dude is like, "Fuck this dude." Yeah, and it's like moose knuckle. Yeah, and we were. I don't know what we were watching on TV, but I just kept being like, "Look at the, the look at the dick on this guy." <laughs> that is <laughs> From, a, whether it's like on sweats or whatever. I kept calling moose attention knuckle. to it. Man, so I was I was calling attention. She was calling attention to the red pants, but as soon as I saw it, I was like, yeah. "Ugh!" And then I was like, "Well, look at the unit on this guy." <laughs> and then the next text before. Was no sooner could I spit it out and she sends me a close-up of it. <laughs> like she was ready. I fell into her trap. You totally did. <laughs> and then the last day, she goes, happy Nemesis week from your one and only true Nemesis. I'm going to leave this on and just cut some of this out. It's a selfie of her in my in the media corner. Oh, no. Series- Is she mixing stuff up? Yep. She's taking, it's like a series that of pictures. This one, she's taking like the vinyl out of the Crow LP and replacing it with stuff from the Springsteen LP. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's not even just like putting them out of order. No, They're literally in the it. wrong cases and not, I'm sure she did not document all of them. Uh, yeah and then there's the you got mad max out uh, and she's taking the disc out in this picture there's her off the blur out uh, and, but leaving an empty case <laughs> she's so what happy with the shit? <laughs> and then she's taking the wolfman off the shelf here there's all the separate pictures all of which she sends i think she did all this while i was in the shower or something i can't remember what i was doing wow no i think <laughs> I can't remember. Actually, I might have been karate in the garage. It was karate in the garage because she came out at one point, which she never does. And I was just like gasping for air and way out of practice. And yeah, anyway, but it gave her time to do all this. And then she's like putting it in the wrong place. The Wolfman between my so-called life and orphan black, which is not where it goes because that's the TV section A and two. It's alphabetical. Fuck. Oh, and then she got out my bullet what? journal and <laughs> pretended to write in it. <laughs> She did not actually write in it, though. She did it, actually. Uh-oh. Oh, and then there's a movie that just shows her, like, I don't know what she's doing. I think she was rubbing her butt on stuff. Wow. <laughs> Which is a common thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then just general. Oh, I think, oh, yeah, she's pulling CDs off the shelf and moving around. All this is crashing my computer. Man. Um. Anyway, so let me stop sharing my screen. Maybe that'll help. Here. Just I don't know. That's the kind of thing that goes on <laughs> in Team Solomon's house. But she enjoyed the hell out of it, <laughs> and like she had so much fun, so much glee on her face with each day of the things she cooked up. And of course, it was fun for me to see said glee. And then I did have to. I I had to enlist her help to find the Mad Max. <laughs> I <couldn't> find it. <laughs> And then, oh, and then we did see the Avengers movie and, uh, no, that wasn't it. I don't know what it was, but I was like saying goodnight a couple nights ago and staying up later than she was. And at some point I, I elapsed into this thing from Tropic Thunder. There's this beautiful moment where Robert Downey Jr. as the, I can't remember his character's name, Lazarus, (laughs) something like that, where he's, he's in, he's, you know, he's an actor pretending to be a black 
man who's like in a more sophisticated but ultimately kind of blackface anyway it's a real movie it's crazy but he's like listening to one of the other characters and he like goes it's a visual thing so i don't know if i can do it and i'm talking but he's like talking and listening and he starts to go and he's like goes dead in the eyes and his face kind of falls it is hilarious it's like around a campfire and in the commentary too they like call attention to it but it's the commentary where he's also still in character because of course his character <laughs> says i don't bring character until i do the dvd commentary yeah <laughs> oh, it's too much so i'm doing that tour and i call attention to it and her eyes just bulge out of her head she's like are you out of your mind you talking to glorify this man again you want nemesis week part two <laughs> i was like maybe <laughs> get out myself he's so very charming <laughs> he is so anyway there you go <laughs> it's a little detour from our our talking about movies today check that out look at that oh that, that might be the best gift ever <laughs> It's everything I ever wanted. It's so like the usually Kendall lines oh and the kitchen God. gloves. You got you can even Marla see Marla back in there. the back. <laughs> Shit, damn! I've been thinking about um, you know, this is the 20th anniversary of that movie this year. Uh, they're gonna play it at the Alamo Draft House. That was one of the other few things that happened to us. Is that the bride discovered all these things coming to the Alamo Draft House? Um, after we we went there to see Say Anything 30th anniversary. Yeah. So they do these things where it's not just movie showings, but sometimes it's a movie party or a brunch thing. So this movie party for Say Anything, like they you get to your seat and there was like a foam boom box that, you, that you're encouraged to hold up at that moment in the movie. It's like, and you can shout out your favorite lines. Really? And they also gave you a, they have like themed drinks because it's you know they serve food and alcohol and stuff and there's a there's a famous thing from the movie where the Lloyd character he's like I it gave her my heart and she gave me a pen <laughs> uh, and you get a pen that says with the Alamo Draft House logo on it that says to Lloyd from Diane oh and, uh, wow so we had this really fun date she and I like great time the whole movie party thing was a unexpected. Um, we didn't, I, yeah, we'd been to some movies there, but never had that experience. And, and that was a favorite movie of hers when she was younger that I came to later. There was a bonding thing for the both of us. And we just, yeah, we just enjoyed the shit out of it. And so she's like looking up what's coming up and Fight Club is going to be there. Oh, alongside. I had been thinking about maybe list, uh, I'd never read the book and I thought maybe I'd get an audio book. And so I was just thinking, I'm not going to try to time it to the screening or anything, but that's something I think I, I will try to do this year but that gif is gonna have to be like the show instead of the picture of you and i for that week <laughs> i can't look at that gif for too long i start to question my sexuality it's well and then so uh, let me do it let me show you what i did here so that's yeah, all tiled up till like it filled the whole screen yeah so it's just jiffy it's, it's just the gif on or Giffy or whatever, however you would pronounce it, but it has this like. It's like picking a spelling book. That's the that's literally the the scene that like I that developed my man crush. I mean, this movie developed my man crush for Brad Pitt, but like this is what I always picture. So you can have full screen mode. I don't know what this TV mode. Oh, that I don't know what that is. Johnny Rotten. Yeah. 
Um, but then there's this tile mode that just like, man, is that not oh. great or what? It just boom. Wow. It does must do it with any GIF. Let's see here. I remember we were talking about like ways to make 69, our episode 69 sexy. I think we, between Ash and that, we got it covered. Maybe look, maybe I can find Taylor Kitsch. <laughs> Giffy. Mandy. Oh, Ash is singing. While she's cleaning, what's she singing? She's like tearing it up. I I don't know. I all I can just I can just hear her hitting the notes. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. Enough uh, well, surfing the internet. Yeah. No, I'm surfing the internet. Jesus Christ! Oh shit! We got to wrap Kitch up. Abs, and I can't even find the one that I feel there should be. <laughs> That's, wow. You know. That's when I make them. Yeah, you have to sit down. Um, okay. Anyway. So all right. So you're wearing your Stephen King shirt. I am. We got a King corner this bitch. There's, I mean, there's multiple King news. Double D finished the dark tower series. Like <gasps> really? the original seven books. Yeah. Uh, Outstanding. Which is just, uh, awesome. So really funny though. So, um, I, I'm sure I've talked about it before, but those books end, they end at a point and Stephen King basically says, like, this is where I would want you to stop reading. Oh, yeah. But I know I, 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 I know there's a point, but I know there's some of you who insist on having to know everything. And if you keep reading, that's there, but you're not going to like it. So if you can handle it just being what it is, this is where I would stop. And so I told Double D about that, and I told him, like, you should... Uh, really consider it. I spent like three days thinking about it and everything. And he's like, okay. And so he got to that point and he was about to listen to it, but then he started to like out overthink it. And he's like, so help me God, if this ends like the matrix two, and I sent him a picture, I sent him the splash mountain picture <laughs> with that. And it said, remember, hashtag long con. And he's like, I was paying him back finally for that. Like <laughs> I'd set him up for this like terrible shitty ending and build up. And he's like, so help me God. Uh, but then he finished it and he's like, no, it, it ended perfect. So he really liked the ending, which was great. Oh, I'm glad. Is he going to, are you guys going to try to talk? More yeah, about we it have to do something. Um, Part of me now is like, because he's done, would be to take that one recording that we have and just like pull out all the good bits and then just revisit that in a bigger conversation about the whole series. Oh, you know, that's interesting. Like, yeah. There's at least some stuff there, and he's so early in the series that he's like making predictions. So um, it'd be good to go back to some of that, I think. But so there's that Stephen King news, and then the only other sh is the shitty movie. <laughs> well, I had this idea, uh, or, or there's this positive thing, rather, okay. which was before we knew that the movie was bad. Well, uh, uh, just in general, Stephen King stuff, too. I actually just finished that Pupil today. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, which I, that one uh, is I'll talk disturbing. about more when I see them. Yeah, super disturbing, but like I liked it a lot, <laughs> which yeah. I'm not sure what that says. I was really compelled by it. 
it's um, a great character piece like like yeah characters playing off of each other um yeah and so I'm actually, I'm excited to watch the, the movie. I've toyed with the idea either tonight. Cause like I, I have this long work project. That's always the same every spring. It's really intense and long hours. And actually I, so now I don't have to go into work tomorrow. I had this nice experience where today I like got to guest lecture at some class. I don't know how the fuck this happened and basically just talk about my job. And people ask me questions about this series of videos I made. I'm like, what is happening? It's awesome. I was like, so that felt nice to be just like people be interested in what I'm doing. And then in the afternoon, I went to the event at which these things premiere, which I hadn't been to in a couple of years. First year, couple two years ago, I got my butt cut off. And so I was on medical leave. And then last year I had worked like an obscene amount of hours straight and barely delivered the thing and was just like, fuck this. I'm going home and I didn't go to the event. But today I went. And I got to see like all that I've been laboring on, you know, kind of play in this huge like theater and a big screen. And it was really nice. And I bring that up because, oh, because I don't have to go into work tomorrow because I've got, I did have to, I didn't have to sleep on my couch at work, but I did like work till, you know, like a 15 hour day on Monday Uh at home. And anyway, so I have some comp time. So I'm like, what am I going to watch when the podcast wraps? And it's literally between, because I didn't expect to finish that pupil today. I was planning to watch Cuffs because I got the Shout Factory. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. These are the problems I'm having. That's so but, awesome. So I, I guess I'll, I'll wait to talk about at people perhaps until I've seen the movie too because I have these ideas about a movie. I got um, Christi- my book club size copy of Christine came in the mail today. Nice. Is that uh, the next my, in the list? I think it's my next like chronological novel. Okay. I, I also have this issue where I really like that a lot. That one a lot. I saw the movie in the last few years for the first time because I was going through John Carpenter's filmography. And so I'm kind of familiar with that. But anyway, um, I'm looking forward to that cycle of the werewolf. I'm actually really excited about that one. Uh, I ordered that too. And I have a work like training trip. I'm going to go to an after effects, which is like motion graphics, um, like three day training in Washington, DC next week and i'm hoping that my cycle of the werewolf comes in time because is there no is there an audiobook for that i, I have like there i have one. Oh, you do i okay. think so i i can uh, i can try to scrounge that up for you i i would like that if uh, if possible if it and, if it if i do have it it's going to be a digitized a digitized like, recording of a copy of a tape yeah, like the old, like the rage and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Where it's noticeable. I would be up for that though. I, but I didn't think there was, and I know it's illustrated by Bernie Wrightson, and so I yeah. got, uh, I have this paper copy coming that I'm excited about. Um, and then also, I didn't listen. I didn't. The Mist. I, I had picked up a DVD version that has like commentary with Frank Darabont and stuff, and. I wasn't sure where it fell into the chronology. I knew it came out earlier than I was, but I didn't know where. And it came out in some sort of anthology with other horror writers in the late 70s, but showed up in one of his short story collections, uh, Skeleton Crew. Yes. Which comes out, or comes out, <laughs> which comes out a few years after where, where I am in the mid 80s. But I remember you shared with me a special audio version thing of that, but I can't find that. Like, I, I don't know what I did with it. That is a radio dramatization. Yeah. And I think yeah. I ran across that. I know I don't have that anymore. Okay. 
uh, that because I had that on CD. I don't know um, what I did with that file. Um, um, I'm sure but I must I w- have it somewhere. I will look and see. I'm pretty sure I ran. Ac- I thought I ran across that on YouTube. Let me. Oh, I didn't even look. I bet it is there. Um, um, let's have all of these like Stephen King things that are kind of juggling or like that. I'm a little out of order, but. Yeah, Generally but there's the right uh, you're also in the like height of his popularity and career, like or when he's just like blowing up as an author. Yeah. So yeah. like all these things are happening. And he was really he did a great job of diversifying himself in the eighties, I feel like. Like he wanted to try just a little bit of everything, like writing movies, directing, you know, all these like let's do this little piece of media and write this thing for over here and Acting, even acting, you know, yeah, in, in like creep show, uh, um, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I've just been having, uh, having a lot of fun, kind of in that whole Stephen King uh, universe. I can't remember. Um, these I are some of the things on top. Oh, the Mist Audio. Oh book, yeah, YouTube. And I did see that. I think it's part of a. Yeah, so it's, it's part of a the Red Short Story Collection Skeleton yeah, Crew. So I should be able uh, to. In 3D sound is that's what it was. Yes, the mist audio. Um, headphones. So the first thing that pops up is this thing that says the mist audiobook, but I don't think it's actually the audiobook. Look and see if I have that too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're able to track some of the down, yeah. I, I would treasure it. I'll let you know. Uh, um, my library card is, uh, I think expired. So I have to, I tried to order like Christine and through the library cause I knew it yeah. would have existed. So I just got to renew that. But, uh, in any event, yeah, I guess there is a lot of like Stephen Kingness going on, uh, with me currently. So we, um, were you alluding to that interview? Were you getting ready to lead into, do we yes. talked about that? Um, we were, I, we, we talked about that it was it. a thing. Uh, yeah, we saved it and I actually took notes on it. And I think it might be a fun way into the general pet cemetery uh, sure. conversation because it, it'll start us off on some of the I more that, positive uh, things. Yeah. Um, uh, why don't you tidbits. bring us up to speed on that interview while I stand the desk up? I got to stand. Up. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, so we'll tweet this out, um, with the, uh, with the episode, but, uh, it's a SoundCloud uh link for an entertainment weekly radio um, um interview with Stephen King. So there's a nice piece I think Palmer and I talked about on Stephen King and Pet Cemetery recently in the Entertainment Weekly magazine, which the bride gets in hard copy and um actually I used to get that magazine. I got like from episode th- or episode like issue three in like 1990 or 89 or whatever for like many years. Wow. Um until I moved out of my parents' house. Um Anyway, and it was funny too because like uh, I would that's where I would get all of my information, and because uh, it would cover it covered you know movies and TV and music and books, and this is before the internet even it covers the internet now. But uh, so uh, Jacko would like come down to my house and read it, or I would tell him things I learned in that, and eventually like he subscribed to it, and then I reached wow. this point. Where I was like shit, like I can't tell him anything about anything because he has the same source of information that I do. Right. But, I mean, again, this is pre-internet, so. It was sort of different back then. But anyway, Entertainment Weekly is still around. They're kind of a different flavor than they used to be, but they still cover all the all that all the movies, t- 
television, etc. So they ended up publishing on their Sirius XM channel or whatever, and ultimately on SoundCloud, you can hear it. The phone conversation with Stephen King that was the basis of that article. Oh, um, nice. So it's like 30-minute conversation with Stephen King talking to this writer on the phone who he has some sort of relationship with uh, about all things Pet Cemetery. Um, and so I just took some notes here that I thought maybe I could rattle off from that. Uh, sure. I think you would find of interest. All of these things are excited me enough to make note of in this way. Well, and I, I, really and I read the actual, like the, the as in an article, I read the interview and it was a great interview. So this is, yeah. this is totally... Yeah. Right up my alley. I think, I think all of this is a little bit extra, um, which you could hear Stephen King say. Uh, the, the article, at least as it appeared in the in the magazine, wasn't very long, but it touched on a bunch of things and, and made me excited. That was the one where he says he, he thought the movie was fucking great. Like, quote, fucking great. Yeah. And so we were excited because of that. Um, Our, so, I, I, my only foot caveat to that is I saw somebody on Reddit, and this is was a great comment, is Stephen King has a really good track record of liking crap. Like he Oh yeah, yeah. He has a soft spot for crap and schlock. He'll admit that, you know, like he Yeah. But I, I think there's a difference between like quality schlock and this, like what this was. I think too that he he has this conflicted relationship with Pet Cemetery the book. Uh, you know, like how he wrote it. Um, and put it in a drawer and had this b- bad opinion of it and only even brought it out of the drawer to to fulfill this publishing contract that he wanted to get out of. And I think, I don't necessarily think he has a good grasp on what it is about it that is so compelling to other people. I don't know. I, yeah. I It's like, I don't, I, I part of me wonders like, does he, I don't know, because he doesn't, it's not like he said he liked the Dark Tower move or anything. Like, I don't think he says he likes things that he doesn't. I'm not sure why he would lead us astray. Well, as it were, but also but. he is a great businessman and I don't think he's going to, sh- I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering I, about that. I, too. I, I don't know if he would just shit all over his property, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Uh, so there's that interest part that you have to keep in mind too. Like, yeah. I was thinking about this the other day, like that, you know, that saying like you should never meet your heroes. And it's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't think I would ever legitimate. I, I mean, of course, if the opportunity came, I probably would, but I would be really worried. It would be like that. Like if I ever met Stephen King, like it would. Yeah. It's weird. Like I have no idea what I would want to, what, what to say yeah. to those people. I mean so much and nothing could live up to certain things and the few people that I have encountered that I admire in that way I they're being able to humanize them in some way like it does kind of color the yeah I don't know you can that's a thing that can be fucked up yeah <laughs> like or that can that can be diminished by uh, right. you know familiarity right. breeds contempt right so. yeah <laughs> so I don't know there's that piece of it too because it's like he said the Dark Tower movie was good. He did? Yeah. No, he yeah. did not. Oh, that's well. Then and it he, wasn't. I mean, I didn't it see wasn't that, until it on. wasn't until the like uh, all the fallout from it, and then somebody brought it up in an interview, and he's like, "Yeah, they kind of missed the mark, I guess." Like, 
I, oh. I mean, he has a vested interest in these movies doing good, right? Like That's true. I didn't know he said that. Yeah. I thought he ignored that movie. And I didn't see it. I haven't read those books, but I just had a general sense from your incredible disappointment from it and the oh yeah I, I in some ways i'm glad i didn't know that going into the pet cemetery yeah. movie but now that that statement alone tells me a lot <laughs> but, um well okay so these are again this is like about pet cemetery in general so yeah and these are yeah I thought okay i'm sorry to, to you and yep. no 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 i don't course. mean to keep interrupting that's, so that's we'd have no show if that was that's true yeah did things <laughs> so this is really kind of just no real rhyme or reason other than these are things I found interesting that he said. So one is King says, uh, quote, sometimes dead is better ex- extends to anybody who's ever had to deal with a lingering illness or a relative who won't let go. Sometimes the desire to live is just a biological thing, which is something I had not considered about the, the novel, that, that idea that sometimes dead is better extends to like what Rachel experienced with her yep. her sister Zelda who who kind of deteriorated deteriorated into this sort of monster. I hadn't thought about it like that. It's generally applied to the pet. Yes. <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. And and the humans who get brought back, I guess. Right. Well the dead is better thing doesn't actually you don't learn that until after they come back from the dead, right? In the in right, pet cemetery. Right. Yeah. Um it's really because of and because of that such glaring literal translation of that line. I, I mean, you saying like, that's what Zelda was going like that. Just that was an epiphany. That was new to me. Like, I, yeah, me too. I like never the, considered that the, yeah. to hear it from him was, yeah. And to know he intended that yeah. was very interesting uh, to me. Um, uh, and I, you know, I watched, there's, there's a wonderful, like they're, they're 30 minute chunks, but in the 2006 DVD release of pet cemetery, which, as this comes out or as we're recording this, like you can get for five bucks at target. Um, there's like a whole display based on pet cemetery of Stephen King movies, pet cemetery 89 being one of them. There's a documentary chunks, uh, on that. Uh, it's not one long documentary, but it could be played as such 30 minute focusing on certain <clears throat> things. But like Stephen King walks you through the actual pet cemetery. It's really great. Actually, after I watched, after I was thinking about this new movie, I almost, I really wanted to contrast it with the 1989 film, but I wanted to do reason, the same thing. That's so Instead crazy. of doing that, I, I, I made some notes, but in, oddly enough, instead of watching it, I watched the making of things, uh, on that DVD from 2006. And then of course there's the unearthed and untold documentary about the making of the 1989 film that you can watch on Amazon prime. There's a lot of things. Yeah. Stephen King. And that documentary is great too. It's like, it's a great filmmaking documentary. It's a great, like Stephen King documentary. And it really focuses on that 1989 film as well. Um, There's a lot known about this story and documented about this story, but I had never heard that that little tidbit of him talking of extending that metaphor yeah. of sometimes that is better to people with who are still alive. And I guess in a, I guess in a, in an extension too is, um, uh, the old man's wife in the book, you yes. know, she's like suffering from arthritis yep. and just like her life is deteriorating throughout that beginning yes. part of the book. And so maybe dead is better applies to her too. 
Yeah. I, and I never, I, I, whenever I would hear that line, I would only apply it to the people and pets coming back, like the pet, like yeah, the pet cemetery too. thing, me not too. the Jesus. Wow. And then I wonder about, you know, yeah. like, I don't know a lot about how Stephen King's mom died, but I know he was raised by her. And I know there's that woman in the room thing. And so I wonder about some of that. Yeah. Because some of the most powerful things about the book are, it, are, is that idea of like how somebody who has that kind of debilitating illness can lose themselves yep. and like just lash out in these evil ways and the way that then Lewis as the doctor tries to normalize that for his wife Rachel who's been tortured by it her whole life and consumed with guilt and can't deal with death like that honestly <laughs> the, the bad movie or the, uh, the hollow movie adaptation <laughs> that we're working towards really made me appreciate both the 1989 film that was written adapted by Stephen King but all the more so the the book I it yeah it's such a gr- like the supernatural parts of that don't happen until at least halfway through or something like that. Like it, yeah. It develops the characters to in the again themes so much. That's the that's the whole my uh, my complaint of this movie is that, and this would go out to anybody who's adapting Stephen King. The reason Stephen King is so scary is because he doesn't care if it takes five hundred pages. He'll spend five hundred pages just talking about character development and getting you to care about his people. You care. You're so invested in his characters by the time this shit starts happening to them that you're, you stand next to them and get just as scared at these things. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, it's zombies. If you really wanted to come down to it, like they're making zombies, right? Like Mm -hmm. how, ubiquitous right now are zombies how they're not scary they're not really you know and and i think that that it comes through when they don't do that character development in this movie it doesn't there's nothing uh, it's just, again it's just all <laughs> yeah. spectacle because they didn't spend any time getting you to care like john Lith- i thought it was a waste of john lithgow's abilities as an actor that he, uh, um, oh shit! I'm going to call him Herman Munster, and I know that's not. Oh, a, Fred Gwynn, yeah. Fred Gwynn though is that character, like he, yeah, and he feels like that character is so. so you, I almost said innocent, but he's not because he's the one that like turns Creed on to the to the pet cemetery, right? And like yeah, how to do all yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And he knows what he's doing when he does it. And, uh, it, uh, but Fred Gwynn just is so, he just in, embodies that. And I felt like there was a couple times with John Lithgow, John Lithgow, because they didn't do that same character development. His character kind of came off as like a dirty old man, as opposed to like mm-hmm. being this grandfatherly figure. Right. Right. You yeah. know, like, yeah. And, and that was, and I'm not implying any of that. There's just there was just a couple times because they didn't develop that whole side of the story. No, that's such a moving thing about the book is that they spent a lot of time developing Lewis's friendship. Yeah. With um, oh, I'm blinking on his name. Uh, Creed is it Creed? Is he Creed? Lewis Creed is the is the main sort of oh yeah doctor. What the fuck is the name of the? Hang on. 
Um, oh my God. I can't believe it. It's completely escaped me. It is. Thank you. It's not Judd, to me. Oh. Judd Crandall. Judd. Judd Crandall. Oh my God. Judd yeah. Crandall. Like Lewis goes f- across, the, the, like he has beers m- most nights with Judd on his porch with Judd. I feel like his wife's name might be Norma. Like you get to know them. Yeah. Like there's no wife in either of the films. Um, he's a widower both times, I think, but that's another death that like, t- that's actually what the first death that touches the family, like yeah. that the kids start that are exposed to. Um, Oh man, but th- they do such a good job of there. And I have like one of perhaps my only honest to goodness friend in Minnesota is 40 years older than me. He- he's uh I'm about to turn 40, he's about to turn 80. And, wow. And so I perhaps I related to that extra because I have this sort of Tuesdays with Maury or whatever it is like relationship with this older guy. But I, yeah, like I mean, in terms of caring about, you care about all of the characters, but the probably the relationship that is developed the most is the one between right. uh, Judd and and Lewis. And in the new adaptation, they they don't they don't develop that at all. Like they don't have one beer together. It's <laughs> like they took they t- looked at the book and they're like, "What are all the th- the emo- the people? What's all the people part of this book?" All right, get rid of that shit. Like there, there's, they kill off Judd's wife. She's not even a character. Mm-hmm. They don't do any of that beer stuff. They cut out all of the tension with the like father-in-law and the like from Chicago and how he hated him for bringing them out to Maine. And he like in the, that's a big part of the book is like that fight that happens oh between God, yeah. the like father-in-law and, and, yes. and, uh, Creed at the son's funeral, like they get in a fist fight over the casket, and the casket gets knocked gets over knocked and over and like falls out of it because they because the father in law blames him for this. Like if he would have never moved them to that thing, and then you, in the book you get all that prior exposition, like where he literally tried to buy Judd. Or no, Lewis, L- yeah. Lewis Creed. By Lewis, Lewis Creed out of his it, yeah. life, like out of his daughter's life. Like, how much do yeah. you still owe on your medical school? I'll pay for all that if you just disappear. Yep. And he like never, long before they even moved, too, right? Long like before. Was, and he, he just hated him. Yeah. And he never told his wife that. And like, so then yes. you have that piece that he carries with it. Yep. And then, and in this movie, all you get is one stern look at the funeral. Right. That's all. That's yeah. it. And, and and like there are pages devoted to that. The Zelda that's part of the strain in their family. It's the Zelda stuff. I uh, saw no need to change. Why? It was so much. So in this one, they gave her like an out, like it was an accident, you know, that she fell down this dumbwaiter. Right. Oh, I forgot about that. I knew there was a falling down <laughs> the dumbwaiter, but. Yeah, but like it was an out in the book and the original movie. It's she chooses not to go into that room and listens to her sister die, like listens yeah. to her choke to yeah. death and die. Yeah, which is that's why. And and this is the other thing too about this that there's a difference between being between a haunting and being haunted. The wife is haunted by Zelda, and in yeah. this adaptation, they made it like. The like the land rebrought Zelda 
those memories of Zelda about and made her this physical manifestation that was actually like, she couldn't wait for her to cross over so that she could torture her. Like, that's what it was implying. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like the Wendigo was somehow responsible for the Zelda stuff, which the two are completely mutually exclusive. So, so exclusive. Like, ah, and, and, and Zelda was not haunting her. She was haunted by the memory. Yeah. Like that's, and that's why she can't deal with death. Yeah, uh, which is a big rift in her life and in her marriage. And then, of course, the whole book ends up being about death. There are some things like that. The movie, like the scene in which they, he breaks down death to a little girl a little bit, felt kind of good. I don't know. Let me, let me hit some of these other notes. Yeah, I'm some so of them sorry. Came up. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, 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 not at all. Um, but the. You know, he he, t- he does talk about like revisiting the book by listening to Michael C. Hall's audiobook, uh, which I thought was yeah. sort of interesting that he took the time to listen to that, which you can uh, <laughs> download do, on us uh, by going audible to audibletrial.com slash LWSD. Sign up for your 30 day audible trial and download Pet Cemetery read by Michael C. Hall for free. It is a great reading. Like, I. It's such a disturbing book. It's not just one that where you're just like you're just like I'm going to listen to Pet Cemetery, you know, like yeah, yeah. You might not be up for it. Yeah. I mean, that's how I felt about Shawshank Redemption. Like when I the one time I did try to watch that movie, like in probably the mid '90s, I was just like, I am not up for this. Yeah, and then I took like. 25 years to watch it. it goes from him like being accused of murdering <laughs> his wife to getting raped like there's like that that's the first yeah. act of that movie is like i think the first thing i remember about the movie when i tried to watch it on tv was just like um showing him in his jail cell and hearing men cry around him or like betting yeah. that he would break yeah and i was just like i'm a break i can't watch this right yeah. now <laughs> yeah, so no, i get it but so when you're ready for it it is a is a really good audiobook but i thought it was interesting that stephen king took the time to listen to it he dishes a bit on some of the specifics of his double day beef, which was the contract um, that he was trying to fulfill to get out of. Um, so that was kind of interesting for Stephen King fans that I didn't make note of the details, but you can hear them in this interview. Um, there's a note here about the Judd and Lewis relationship where Stephen King simply says men need men and women need women. And I think that goes to the, the friendship that was developed between the two of them. Um, like at, in the book, like at first, Lewis doesn't really want to be friends with this guy or he's just like, you know, as a doctor, he worries that maybe they'll just use him to get free doctor advice. Yep. <laughs> um, but so it's it, like the fact that the friendship is begrudging, like there's even a point too where like he realizes it. He's like, oh, I'm friends with this guy. <laughs> like it, it's a really like slow progression of of their relationship and it kind of dawns on him anyway it's very it's very well done very impactful uh, in the book um uh stephen king says he had uh he had to get in the book oh he had to get this idea in the book of you do things and you think they're good things this is a quote you do things and you think they're good things but sometimes something gets a hold of you uh, and then he mentions a character in the Green Mile, uh, which I don't, I haven't, I don't know that yet. And he says he killed them with his love. He's talking about Judd ultimately. So like this idea, like that Judd was this benevolent figure in their lives, but something about the pet cemetery or the Wendigo or the the burial ground, like once he knew it existed, it like it preyed on him. And even though he entered, 
introduced it to the Creed family, knowing probably it was a bad thing. Like he couldn't quite help himself. That's like in the book. And anyway, it came from this idea, I guess, that Stephen King wanted to get in there. There was an idea he had about just life in general um, that he put right through that character, which I thought was kind of interesting. You had mentioned zombies, um, which has some bearing on this. Um, they asked him why he wrote the night, why Stephen King wrote the adaptation of the 19, 1989 film. And he said he did it at the time because George Romero was going to direct it. Um, awesome. Yeah. He said, and he goes, I wanted the screen credit, man. <laughs> if somebody was going to fuck this up, I wanted it to be me. <laughs> yeah. And from IMDb, it was the first film screenplay that Stephen King adapted from one of his own novels. So it doesn't count creep show. Or, or trucks. Oh, did he direct oh, that oh yeah, I guess you're right. That, uh, yeah. But that was a short yeah, I guess story. It was, that was I guess novella. it was because of yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Good point though. Um, um, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I, I just think that, uh, shit. I, I, I thought it was interesting in the unburied and uncut or whatever the, the oh yeah <clears throat> unearthed and untold or whatever the the making of documentary. Um, she talks about that because there it's very early in that documentary, but she says that it was in the contract that he got to pick the director, like Stevie oh Mary King. Lambert, the director of that. Yeah, movie? she talks yeah. about how like. Stephen King had to give the final okay mm-hmm. um, on who was going to be the director, which I mean, even then shows how much clout this guy had 1989. Like we, that's essentially a, he had only been publishing novels for what, like a decade at that point. Yeah. Let's care. I just looked up Carrie. The movie of Carrie came out in 1976. Oh, okay. Think, so, you know, so, may, uh, so he'd been at it for a little over a decade, but, and very successful. I mean, Carrie was very successful, but, but yeah, like he had some clout. <laughs> certainly. For an, I mean, th- that's like JK Rowling level of, yes, of yeah. command with like with your property, with your intellectual mm-hmm. properties, right? Like yeah, that's, yeah. Normally that shit, if you are, if you, I have heard, if you publish a book now, that shit is all if they before they even offer you publishing that shit is already taken off the table for you like you, you don't get a say in how stuff gets adapted into film like they've already bargained off the rights to that if you decide mm-hmm. to publish it you know like right. yeah uh so that i don't know it's just very telling how much clout it seems like he had in this production on top of it just being to get out of a contract, you know, like right, <laughs> that yeah. he still like negotiated yeah. all that stuff in there just so he could get out of a contract. So yeah, because the book ended up being this like big success, uh, despite you know what he might have thought. Um, some other things about Judd. So there's also a 20 minute uh, interview with John Lithgow from the set that comes after the 30 minute interview with Stephen King in this um, in this thing. And uh, he said that he never saw the 1989 film, but he was good friends with Fred Gwynn. And he said he was the only person he ever acted with that was taller than him. (laughs) Um, And then (laughs) this is, yeah, Lithgow says this about the, he says, so he's on set when he's given this interview. He says, uh, quote, when you really care about these characters and what motivates them, that the stakes go way, way up. Oh, (laughs) 
<laughs> Which, uh. of course, like... <laughs> The tricky thing about this thing, I feel too, like in Pet Cemetery being in existence for as long as it has, I think what it seemed to me what they did with this movie was they just took a lot of the events, a lot of the tantalizing supernatural events and like put them in succession and, yep. and made some deviations from like the the what we know like the 1989 film that's so well known and the novel that's so well known and so it seemed a lot about like how are they going to adapt this slightly differently but part of that seemed to presume a familiarity with the story itself so that they didn't take the time and care to invest that story and then the but but drastically derailed from it though like the, that too yeah <laughs> it was never a motivation for gage to get the rest of them buried that was always right, people right. were yes. making that yeah. terrible decision. And then yes. they made, so, you know, for those of you that don't, don't, that don't know, the, the, the major deviation was they, instead of killing the three-year-old boy, they killed the, the eight-year, eight-ish year old girl, the older mm -hmm. sister. Yeah. Because they said that, uh, you know, a young daughter is much more menacing than a three-year-old toddler, which... I'm sorry. I, I that the original Pet Cemetery still fucking scares me. I don't care. I I don't care what you say. Like, yeah, and I didn't find her to be more no, <laughs> like threatening or more effective. Well, and again, at least I cared about that little kid. You know, yeah. like I, uh, I don't know. Like there, I just didn't feel anything, and then I didn't like the. They didn't do, they tried after she was dead and back to do the, the kid asking questions about death stuff. Like, no, like, oh, right. Yeah. You don't like me because I'm dead, mommy. Like, that's what? Of course, that's why she doesn't like you. <laughs> like, well, and they didn't fucking lay the you, groundwork yeah, to, why are you to even establish talking? why they would be different. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah like the, all of it. The it just, Timmy Baderman stuff, like that they did in the in the in Stephen King's adaptation, where like they they, oh man, like like obviously you see through the the cat, the church that they is the first thing that Lewis buries in the pet cemetery right. with uh, Judd. He's like, you know, you love your daughter, right? You know, you don't want her to have to lose this cat. Um, so it comes back, and it's not the same. You sense that it's there's a malignancy about it. Yeah, and um. And then when Judd confronts, sorry, when Lewis confronts Judd about that, Judd mentions that thing about like, I don't know why I did it. Like it kind of, this place kind of takes hold of you. Um, and then he tells at some point, maybe it's when his wife passes away, when Judd's wife passes away or something. I, I feel like it's before the little boy is run over in the road that, or maybe it's when that anyway, but Judd tells him about like one time there, you know, somebody did try to bring a human back and this is how it went. And yeah. like you, in it the movie, he tells that story and you see, and you see then just like movies are about, I mean, Judd's telling a story, but movies are about showing things like you see, you've seen the cat be fucked up and not right. Yeah. And not it's something be off and a bit, you know, aggressive about it. Uh, and then you see 
another instance of like what it does to a human. So when Gage comes back, you just know that like, like that other guy, like Timmy Baderman who went crazy and his dad who wanted to bring him back ultimately had to put him down and burn him up and the house burned up and all that. Uh, you understand that. So when you see Gage, you're not wondering what Gage's motivations are. You know that like if you are brought back by that place, you're going to come back fucked up and with a bad agenda. Yeah. <laughs> and so You don't have to explain it. And you know first. that when Judd tells him, not Judd, Jesus, when Creed tells himself at the end, like with the mom, well, this she's going to be different because she's fresher, you know, like she, like yeah, yeah, yeah. He you know that he's just yeah. going to restart the whole cycle over again. Like you know what's going to happen, and I thought, oh, that fucking scene when they're just like walking up, they burn the house down, and then like oh, like the, the family is somehow reunited yeah. in death. Did not. Oh, uh, well. you didn't care. No, and and you're just like I mean, you should be feeling something for that little boy, like oh, that poor little boy. They're gonna kill him too, and then make him one of them, and you don't even feel that. No, it was a bummer. (laughs) They took out all the people part, all that exposition that Timmy Bannerman. They did have that. There was that one scene where she's doing the internet search and sees all the weird headlines. That's. That's that exposition. That's there. And again, I feel like that presumes that you the know audience the knows the thing. book. Yeah. Yeah. You know the book, you know the movie. There's a funny, like, with the change in the uh, the ending, Stephen King says, you can take this road to Tampa or you can take that road to Tampa. You still end up in Tampa. It's the same. Like, he didn't uh, care that it was a new kid. But that's not fucking true. Yeah, no. <laughs> and that... <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's just a thing for him to say or if he doesn't realize that or if he's just trying to sell the movie or, or what. Or vested interest in the success of this movie and nope, yeah. he's going to go fucking go see it if Stephen King's like, yeah, it's a piece of garbage. Like, Yeah, yeah, it sucks. It's funny know? too because he also, in, in his praise for the new movie adaptation, he said, uh, you know, like this and other adult-oriented movies like Jordan Peele's work. Oh... <laughs> Which I think he's talking about Get Out. Yeah. Because he probably wouldn't have seen us yet. Sure. But, uh, yeah. Um, I, just, I, I just was so disappointed. Again, with a lot of these Stephen King projects, it, it was just disappointed. Uh, yeah. yeah. You have amazing source material. Well, first off, I, I wanted to come into this with making the argument that it should just never have been made because the... Like I watched every Zelda scene in this new movie, and none of them made me feel like <laughs> none of them haunted you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, or just yeah, those are flat out super scary. Yeah, and just why in the first it movie I mean. made the Pascal stuff. I I I think that this movie did a great job with the Pascal stuff, though. Like the or yeah, it was a different take. Yeah, it wasn't quite the something about the first movie. But they went again with this shock and awe where she's like, his brain, you know, I guess maybe that that does happen in the book. She does say that one of the candy stripers, but I don't know. Yeah, it is upsetting. Uh, Yeah, it's weird. Like some of the stuff was effective. Like that Pascal stuff was effective. I like that the son could see Pascal too, you know, like, and, but it was just so disappointing. Yeah. It's like, I, I felt everything was executed really well. 
it just didn't like if it just had that other stuff yeah like i thought all the performances were good i thought it was filmed really well all of that like it was really well made for the script that was there but the script that was there didn't contain the first the, act yeah yeah yes it's yes just that like made the whole started, rest of it matter it started halfway through the second act yeah. to get right to the juicy stuff and it's like that i for you can't you can trick an audience like that with an action film ash isn't here you can trick the audience like that with the romantic comedy you know you're just but with a scary movie not everybody is scared about the same stuff so you the way you overcome that is you work on your characters and make them care about your characters and both of these i felt like they couldn't get to the scare quote unquote scary stuff fast enough and because of that they weren't scary at all yeah and it's just such a shame because in contrast, in realizing what was missing, you realize how how well developed the themes of, of, of death and sometimes dead is better and how that happened, all this happening to that family who's, you know, matriarch went through this horrible experience with her sister as a kid that she carried all this guilt and couldn't acknowledge death and then she marries a doctor who has to is confronted by death all the time in his job or the black and white of it. And then in this new job that he thought would be cushy and less, you know, life and death as the streets of where what was it Chicago or something that they came from is confronted by this death on one of his very first days. And then, yeah, I don't know. It's just, the book is so it, rich it's so in the movie. This movie is not. <laughs> and, and- it's so rich for not being a thousand pages. Like sometimes Stephen King can get like, this is a, it's a, it's an, a very approachable read for sure. And it's so funny how you say like, there is almost like a presumptive, they assume you've seen or read the original pet cemetery. So they don't have to waste spend time on this. And what's, what's so sad is because of that, that's true. Okay. But because of that, we know how much you cut out too. That's yeah. You know, yeah. like we all yeah, know what like, is not there and what that you're yeah. cheating us. And that's yeah, that occurred why, to me. You know, if if we didn't know if this were the only film version, we might not be so hard on it because it was faithful ultimately. Yeah, for the most part, till the end, I guess. But uh, but yeah, having the having the other one exist and be so good and translated by the author himself, you know, to include a lot of those themes and a lot of the things left out, like the, the 89 movie has the conflict with the parents. It has, it develops Rachel's guilt over her sister's death pr- very well. It shows it even has the a fucking Bayerman. housekeeper like killing herself. Yes. You know? And that's also a dead is better. Like I yeah. realize now after hearing Stephen King talk about that and, yeah, that other movie does a lot better job of getting the themes cemented and complemented in all the things that happen in the different uh, interplay and relationships, but also helps you care about the character. You know, the first time, actually, I just really, the first time I heard that Stephen King was a master of getting you to care about characters before bad things happen to them was in like behind the scenes material for 
the movie From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, nice. The first half is so that movie is written by Quentin Tarantino and then directed by Robert Rodriguez, who try and starting Quentin Tarantino and George Clooney. Uh, and that was amongst Robert. Rod- no, it was just after. Anyway, I was going to say it was like how he, Robert Rodriguez did this interesting thing of trying to skirt the sophomore slump by confusing the marketplace <laughs> with do, doing uh, like a TV movie. I think he did and four rooms, which was like an anthology movie with different directors of different segments so that there oh, couldn't be new Desperado, right? To El Mariachi. Oh actually, yeah. The, oh, okay. the sort of indie movie. And Desperado, I think, was then came after those things. Oh, yeah. Was a sequel to El, kind of remake of El Mariachi in a way. But anyway, he said that at the time. That was part of his strategy. But anyway, so From Dust Till Dawn was this Quentin Tarantino script. And the way Robert Rodriguez approached it was because it was like this family that gets wrapped up in these two like thieves and then they end up in a vampire bar. Yeah. <laughs> so like the first half of the movie is just kind of this thriller with the family and the... Um, and the criminals, and then they all are thrust into this supernatural situation halfway through. And and there's also this added thing of Robert Rodriguez tried to direct the first half like Quentin Tarantino would with long takes and really like uh, performance-driven things. And then the second half is like this crazy action movie like he would have done. But anyway, I remember him saying like, I didn't know Stephen King's work at this time. So this is like 1995 or six. And so maybe seven. And, uh, I was completely ignorant of it, but one of my very first exposures to Stephen King's work was the idea that he develops characters very well. And then when something bad happens to them, you care about them. And never has that been brought more sharply into focus for me. Now that I am a Stephen King fan, like familiar with his work of like how that is crucial. And if you take that part of it out, then none of it means anything and it doesn't matter. And you're, it's forgettable. Like that's, Remember, I didn't want to watch this remake in some ways. Like, I was like, I don't yeah. want it to. But then I thought about like, well, I did see some of the remakes of some of the Wes Craven movies. And then I was like, well, ultimately, like, they don't mess with my memory of the good movie version. They're just forgettable. Right. I just. And that's, and that's exactly what this is. Yeah. This. Yeah. <laughs> it's was forgettable. You know, I and and here's the other thing too is I'm going to continue to go see Stephen King adaptations. That's not going to yeah. like this isn't going to stop me because I'm still holding out for another one to be it. You know, to be that's right, yeah. Uh, which was a remake of another one that could some would argue didn't need to happen because the Tim Curry one existed and people really liked the Tim Curry one. You know, so I can yeah, I, I, all I of it makes sense like. All of it makes sense. I think that's the other frustration on why it was so bad. It's like you have a perfect story. You have a perfect script. I, I mean, they make the argument that's the only reason Pet Cemetery, the 1989 version of Pet Cemetery, oh, got yeah. made was because that. they were trying to dodge a writer's strike. And their their new boss said she that she had been trying to get it off the ground for over a year. And they wanted to make sure they had movies in the pipeline. So they said, we need scripts that are ready to shoot. No edits, no rewrites, because we aren't going to have writers. So just give me a a script that is shootable. And he stopped and said, but if you come to me with Pet Cemetery, so help me God. (laughs) And she she said, all I did was I looked at him and said, 
But that's exactly what you're asking for. It's a perfect script. It's ready to go right now. And that's how it got made. Uh, I just don't. How can you come from all of that stuff, all of that existing stuff and screw it up so bad? <laughs> that's, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, I can only imagine it's just because of presuming too much familiarity with the whole thing. You want to, or maybe, I don't know. I don't know. What were you going to say? You want to change I'm it up? Laughing. Like, just make the first 20 minutes Zelda's death. You want to change it up? And then the wife wakes up from that nightmare on the way to their new house in the car, just oh, like this one nice. started. Yeah. Tell it from Rachel's story. Yes. Like develop it from that end. That's great. God. God you, Damn. I could put you in charge of things. <laughs> Get your Joker movie five years earlier and start a DC villain universe seriously like fucking, no, don't like, fuck up Pebbit cemetery just open right <laughs> up with zelda it's the most terrifying thing in the whole movie that's a great point it sets the stage for dead is better Mm-hmm. it sets it in reality too, in reality like the horror of uh you know an illness like that spinal meningitis and then okay and then if you want to change it up then you could spend the next 40 minutes of the movie making people think this is all going to be about Zelda. They could have done the haunted, the haunting of Zelda part. They could have done that. Yeah. They would have opened with Zelda. That's and a then really they could have kept going. <laughs> I want to recut this whole movie now. I want to like, I want to get it. And well, this fucking new movie doesn't have the source material. To yeah, support no, it. it doesn't. But, uh, but in terms of an adaptation, that's way more fresh and effective and just what it, from the the angle than switching the the kid from and the, i feel like that's girl. what all these young directors are doing see the problem is is the guy that did it screwed it up where he's like i didn't want to have you know that it's an interview where he's like i didn't i know other people read that interview i didn't want to have to tell stephen king why he was wrong Oh, right. and, the, and the studio supported me and i think that came off of 15 years of of Stephen King's thumb being on projects, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, and like, and then those projects not being successful. So they were able to make this project without his thumb under it. And then it was successful. And so then they were like, okay, well, let's just keep giving these young guys Stephen King stuff and let them do whatever they want with it. And you can. That's funny. The guy because uh, uh, one of the few notes I had here uh, that I, I that I didn't get to was they asked Stephen King like why he thought a lot of this stuff was happening, new new things getting made, and he's like, you know, probably because the financial success of it and stuff of that. But he also says he thinks his stuff gets made and remade because he's easy to work with and doesn't micromanage. Somebody said, "How about this?" And he says, "In my I just put it in parentheses, sure, man, go ahead." Yeah. <laughs> But that probably wasn't always the case, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. and I think that, um, I mean, he's going to, he still, though, has a vested interest in making sure he's very close to his stories. Maybe yeah. it's not financial. Maybe he's convincing himself just as much as anyone else. Yeah, it's good because he has mm -hmm. to, you know, he can't handle it being bad because he loves that story, you know? Yeah. like. Well, and I think, well, he kind of doesn't like that story, well, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just saying, I'm ways, saying in so, general, like. It might be that he's amused by the tape. I don't know. I, it's hard yeah. hard to know. But I, I do know from some of the movies I've come across recently, like Stand By Me and Shawshank Redemption, 
some of his favorite things about those are the slight tweaks that the filmmaking teams took yeah. like to make stand by me directly from kind of Gordy's point of view. And I think with, um, I can't remember what it was necessarily about Shawshank Redemption. I guess maybe he just didn't realize how special that was as it, as it was. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you don't you need look no further than, than Maximum Overdrive to know that perhaps he's not the best one to develop these things yeah. to, to bring them to fruition. But at the same time, he did write the screenplay for the 89 Pet Cemetery that is so successful. And Creepshow and is so awesome, and he had a huge Creepshow hand in that cool. being made. Yeah. And I he's mean, excellent in it. <laughs> and he's actually, and he, he is excellent in it. I thought, I love that his vignette that he has in that. Yeah, he's like they said the Romero was starting to get him to be like a Looney Tunes character, and he he obliged, and so he catches shit for it. But it was kind of perfect for what they were trying for. There, I just watched a David Letterman interview where he's promoting Creepshow. Really? Oh, talk, that's oh yeah, funny. it's it's great. Um, gotta look that up because he's like all coked up you know because that's still in the like height of his drug use and so yeah i'm in it's great (laughs) uh not great drugs are bad Uh, right (laughs) um no yeah i just it it's just flabbergasting to me that's how you can screw it up and then and then I get so flabbergasted. I then just come back to, well, then why did it need to get made? Because I know I could turn on the original Pet Cemetery right now, and it would scare the fuck out of me. It would, I could show it to new people and watch it for the first time. It would scare the fuck out yeah. of them. Like, why did it have to get made? Were they about to lose the rights to it? Like, that's why we get a new Spider-Man every five years. Right, like, yeah. you know, like. I think they were just capitalizing, you know, uh, on uh, and, and making a buck. Unfortunately, that happens. That's, <laughs> and that's how you get Pet Cemetery. You No know, oversight <laughs> is how you get Jar Jar Binks and cashing in is Cash how you grab. get. Pet, yeah, <laughs> is how you get Pet yeah. Cemetery, I guess. Yeah, it's weird because it, you know, a lot of things about it were really well done. It just was not flat. And what's nuts too? I looked at the running time. Yeah, I, I uh, the running time was really close. It was like within a couple minutes of each other. Oh. I thought it was like was the one like so much longer because it did all these other things. You know what they added, it which I did it. appreciate, was the the swamp, like the march to the Wendigo site, and like showing the Wendigo site, and like. Oh yeah, implying yeah. there was a wind to go there. The, mo- the movie skirted all explicit. over that yeah. stuff. Like that didn't. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, but then we got to see it like three more times as people kept getting drug over there and buried. Like, <laughs> and the the okay. So we have to use the eight year old because it makes more sense that she would be physically intimidating versus a three year old. Uh, okay, but explain to me how. A four, you know, a sixty-pound eight-year-old girl is going to drag a hundred and forty-pound woman <laughs> over a deadfall, that huge, massive deadfall, mm-hmm. into yeah. that land to bear uh, through the desert, all within the amount of time that the dad is pursuing them. He's on his way to them while that's <laughs> all going down, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, if I remember correctly, I think I was checked out by that point. I was just like, I don't even care what's going on. And then, and then, <laughs> so then he's fighting the eight-year-old daughter, but and there's been enough time that the mom is back and she kills him. Then they drag both. It it takes both of them though to get the dad over there. <laughs> Fuck! It's so convoluted. <laughs> it's so convoluted. Yeah, and it, it's like, why did you have to make that fucked up? That ending, the original ending, that's both in the book. And in the movie, it's beautiful with the yeah. wife coming in and he's so desperate to fix something at that point, which as a doctor, he would like a doctor who discovered the cure to death, right? Like he's desperate. That's right. I never thought about it like that, he's but you're desperate, exactly right. Desperate for this to work, right? He like did. he discovered the cure to death and, uh, she walks in and is like, "Oh, darling!" Like she's like the like she's been a pissy wife the whole story up to this point, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. and she's like, except oh. from the book where she gives him that endless hand. Oh job. yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> but, she, but like her, her, oh, darling, doesn't she say something like that and like goes to kiss him? And, My memory of it's a little muddled because I think I remember it as open ended. I, I realized this when I revisited it. Um, I remember it more open-ended like I like it is in the book where he's like playing solitaire or something. And then yeah, I can't remember exactly what it is, but I, even well, I know the, the movie be there. They're the bride. kissing. And her, yeah. And, and then she like stabs. The knife. Yeah. You so don't they make see it. A little it, bit more freeze, it freeze frames with her hand. Up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I think was an addition. Like they had it more vague, like her coming in, but you don't knowing what happens like probably was in the book. Yeah. But then they ultimately elected to reshoot it and make it give you that kind of they they attributed yeah. it to kind of the eighties at the time. It's oh, like what audiences wanted somehow. And yeah, it, but it's fine. It has the same effect for me as the end of the book. Like no, it, yeah, it didn't I, feel like a departure. So, fucking goddamn, we got to make yeah. cannibalized because <laughs> right, we got <laughs> show them how show them how to make a good scary movie. Fuck yeah. Ah, uh, fuck. Man, it, it just like it's making me angry all over again. I just know to, it's like, been think like, about upsetting it. Like, to talk about <laughs> both of these movies. And yeah, their, their lack of like heart and uh, purpose, or at least I, one that can be felt in it, for the from the viewer's point of view. It frustrates me when I know what the potential was. I mean, you yes, know what the potential yeah. was, and it frustrates me to know that I just like got suckered out of that money. That ex- you know. Yeah, that too. And that it wasn't like, good. It wasn't disappointed good st- that it wasn't satisfying. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that definitely is more than that. But it's like experience. It, yeah. But money too. Yeah. Like I mean, with Pet Cemetery, definitely that that was Cash that was grab. there after. Yeah. 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 I don't know. All right. Well, on that downer, I should <laughs> yeah. probably go, go and so go go watch the 1989 Pet Cemetery yeah. if you're intrigued in the story or if you saw the movie and somehow the new movie and were kind of into it, um, you might be. It definitely like yeah. You, you might be blown away world, if you if yeah. <laughs> all you know is this new 2019 version of Pet Cemetery, and you even moderately like it, please go listen to the book AudibleTrial.com/lwsd. Uh, buy a copy of the book, watch the original movie, watch the documentary on Amazon Prime yeah. about it. There's so much more that you could be experiencing. Uh, yeah, main main problems they left shit out that made it yep. matter. 
Yep. And that stuff exists and we know about it and you can experience it too. Absolutely. We cut out all the good shit. That's just all the, 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 all the stuff that makes it so terrifying and so awful. Yeah. God, he didn't yeah. even care that the girl died. I didn't even, I felt no, nothing. I didn't care any, I didn't care about her at all. <laughs> so fucking <laughs> terrible. So terrible. Oh yeah. shit. All right. Well, what, you got anything else? I, no. I can't i can't i can't do, oh can't. we were doing the 25 minutes on these movies um i did watch wolf maybe we can talk about that next time but in the chronology as i was doing it in the order of these movies coming out yeah. in 1994 this one would be the crow so it was reality bites eight seconds and then the crow and so we devoted an entire episode to the crow episode 57 okay. of so this is our Short that's Day. our 1994 movie so just this episode is go point you there yeah, yeah. go watch the crow or listen exactly. to the crow if if you want to hear us talk about that yeah you can listen to it in episode 57 it's all collected yeah um in the meantime though make sure you're heading over to our youtube channel and subscribing ring the bell um up to 87 we're, we're up to 87 there. we are it's gonna happen creeping up <laughs> i can feel it we're gonna hit our 100 mark Fucking um a. head over to youtube subscribe ring the bell we record these live on wednesdays on the off wednesdays and then the next following wednesday dave puts out the nice clean podcast episode with all this bullshit trimmed out of it um subscribe on any of your favorite uh podcasting apps stitcher youtube uh no i already said google play yep Uh, itunes while you're on any of those things leave us a review we would love to hear what you think and you could make the show better by doing that yeah. we love feedback head to audibletrial.com slash lwsd to download your free uh, to start your free audiobook trial and download your free audiobook on us uh recommend the pet cemetery uh there's a bunch of stuff you could get on there that we've talked about but pet cemetery is a really good one that's good or the Stephen weber reading of it still Fuck pushing it that in. one that still pushing that one um Follow us on Twitter at LWSD pod. Uh, you can go, you can email us at LWSDpod at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. That'll do it. Yeah. Next time we're going to try to get as much of our cast as we can. Double D moto, hopefully Twinkie and uh, talk season two at Cobra Kai. Cobra like. Kai. Can't wait. Never die. That's awesome. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Long walkers. I'm going to get off here. This is Palmer signing this off. Is- Sorry, this is Dave. I was chiming in. No, you're fine. Take care, buddy. This was fun, even though we were talking about. I know it was, it was still. It was great like. to shit on movies. At least we were both mutually ready to shit on. Yeah, them. that would have sucked if one was like, "No, I love it." It was so good. <laughs> Us was amazing. That scene where the boat. Fuck yeah, that boat. Uh, care more about the, the boat than boat. I did the people. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you later. We'll see you, All buddy. Right, Bye. Cheers. Bye, long walkers. Bye. Long walk, short drink. Long walk, short drink. You've taken that long walk, no short drink. This was a long walk, fucking short drink. Yeah! We'll get there eventually. <laughs>